Welcome everyone to the February 12, 2014 meeting of the Calabasas City Council. I'm Mayor Fred Gaines. All council members are present tonight, including Mayor Pro Tem David Shapiro and council members Lucy Martin, James Bazajan, and Mary Sue Maurer. We are uh, meeting tonight on the 205th anniversary of the birth of Abraham Lincoln. Today is Lincoln's actual birthday. And uh, Abraham Lincoln said a lot of things. One of the things he said is actually something that I use as a guide for how I um, think about some of the things that I do on the council. He said, the legitimate object of government is to do for a community of people whatever they need to have done, but cannot do it all or cannot do so well for themselves in their separate and individual capacities. Of course, he also went on to say, you can fool all of the people some of the time and some of the people all the time, but you can't fool all of the people all the time. That was Abraham Lincoln. And he gave some of the best personal advice ever, which was better to remain silent and be thought a fool than to speak out and remove all doubt. So uh, we all join in remembering uh, one of the great leaders of our country, uh, Abraham Lincoln, born today in 1809. All right. Uh, the Pledge of Allegiance, I'm going to ask uh, Deborah Steller, our Director of Media Operations, if uh, she will lead us in the Pledge of Allegiance. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice. Approval of the agenda. Is there a motion to approve the agenda? Second. It's been moved and seconded. Any discussion? Seeing none, all those in favor say aye. 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 Our agenda uh, is approved. Uh, you'll notice at the end of our, gen our agenda, uh, we will be adjourning in memory tonight um, in memory of Leslie Dale uh, Copey. Uh, he is the father of our city employer, Susan, who's here. And uh, he was a very self-made and self-reliant man from his education in fine arts at the Otis Institute to his career as a talented and well-respected art director for motion pictures and television. From his skill with every kind of tool that you could fashion from wood or metal, brick or cement, he could do or make anything. And uh, he served valiantly in the Navy in World War II. He's a great American hero serving uh, and sailing the world in everything from naval aircraft carriers to a rescue tug. The father of three daughters, like me, three granddaughters. He was often happiest when he left, when left to his own devices, whether it was designing or building a house, remodeling that same house, uh, driving or exploring one of his many sports cars, his precious, precious Italian racing car, the Seata, and uh, was one of his most loved possessions. And he was self-sufficient and responsible to the very end. He enjoyed his retirement on beautiful Kauai, Life is uh, rough for, for, was rough for him for 30 years, exploring the islands and enjoying his many friends, building model automobiles, ships, aircraft, and researching naval history for the ships that he served on. So we remember him tonight. And Susan and I have a certificate of, that we're adjourning uh, in his memory, uh, signed by all of the council members for you.
okay, uh, announcements and introductions, and uh, we will start with Councilman Bazaju. I want to remind everybody about the uh, Creek Cleanup event on Saturday, February 22nd, 9 to 11 a.m. We're meeting at Lost Hills Road and the A.E. Foot Wright Footbridge to clean up the creek. Uh, please dress accordingly. Our Arbor Day celebration is going to be on March 22nd, 9.30 a.m. to 12 p.m. at Gates Canyon Park, where we'll be planting trees. And I also want to remind everybody of the a number of spring events coming up at the Leonis Adobe, taking us into the summer. won't read them all here, but if you go onto the website of leonisadobemuseum.org, they have a, a number of um, recreational events and also some educational events about the history of the area. And uh, please take advantage of that. Thank you. Councilwoman Maurer. I just have one event to add. On Thursday, February 25th, I was quickly looking at my calendar, I think that's the date, um, there's going to be a, a significant public meeting to review the trails plan in the Santa Monica Mountains. That would be Thursday the 28th at King Gillette Ranch at 6 o'clock. It's been a while since they've updated all the different trails and looked at the different uses from hiking and bicycling and equestrian. So that's Thursday the 28th at King Gillette Ranch at 6 and if you um, use the trails or you're curious about using the trails and you want to know how much linkage we have you would be amazed at the opportunities that surround us so I would encourage everyone to attend thank you very much councilwoman Martin hi um, I just wanted to mention that the straight-up reality party that we had on uh, January 25th was a huge success and for those of you that are on the waiting list and were not able um, to participate, um, we are planning another one May 10th, so information will go out on that. Um, I also wanted to congratulate the businesses. The city did a um, tobacco sting operation and not one business sold to a minor. Um, so 100% we're in compliance and I believe for the last three months uh, three times that uh, that we've done this so our program is working and uh, we're very happy that uh, we're not suspending anybody's uh, license and our children will be safer thank you mayor pro tem Shapiro thank you uh, first I'd like to congratulate our city staff they had two events in the past month through our youth sports program specifically Marty Hall and Jeff Rubin and the entire staff. One was Pepperdine men's basketball and the other was the Los Angeles Clippers where we had a big turnout at both events. So congratulations, a lot of fun. Next, I just wanted to say this past Friday we hosted, I hosted along with uh, the City of Calabasas Relay for Life team, a festival, beer festival. I wanted to thank AJ and Secure All. I wanted to thank Alan Simsar. He, did a great job. It looked more like a wedding uh, than an event. There was a magician, a live band, uh, actually a live wolf was there, which was a little scary. <laughs> and, and Wolf Creek was there too. But it was a great event. Jennifer Bercy did a fantastic job and Anna Ford and Robert Yalda on their own time put in a great deal of effort and work. And I just wanted to say that we raised approximately actually a little over six thousand dollars that night for the relay for life for Calabasas team 
uh, which goes to the American Cancer Society. So thank you. Thank you very much. A uh, couple of announcements. As you know, we've been going to the dogs lately at our meetings, and Reagan, who was here last time, the poodle from Calabasas, came in 10th in the breed at the Westminster Dog Show. Didn't make it to the best of show, but uh, did very, very well. So we're very proud of Reagan, the poodle from Calabasas. Uh, following along to some extent, uh, David Shapiro has been uh, appointed to the League of Cities uh, uh, Committee on Community Services uh, Policy. Uh, what is the committee name, David? It's the Community Services Policy Committee. We do, a uh, number of, uh, of our members uh, are active in uh, the League of Cities, Contract City Association, other organizations. It's a very important part of what we do at, uh, at, at the city. And David, congratulations on this appointment with the statewide California League of Cities. Um, tomorrow morning, 7 a.m., our chamber breakfast at the Calabasas Country Club. I uh, hope you'll join me and, and others from our business community uh, every month we have the uh, chamber breakfast, and that's tomorrow morning. We have some very important workshops coming up on February 25th. This is related to two of the larger public works projects that are going to be going on in the city later, uh, hopefully later this year. The Mulholland Highway Improvement Plan, there is a workshop at 6 p.m. on February 25th at the Gelson's. And then later that same evening for the Las Virginis Road Improvement Plan, there'll be a workshop at starts at, is it 7.30 or 8 o'clock? Anybody? What? Uh, well, you'll check the city website or connect Calabasas, our new app, and uh, you'll get the exact time. But, uh, but that's going to be at De Anza Park in the uh, community. 7.30 in the community room at De Anza Park. So anyone interested in participating or hearing about what the plans are for improvement and also inputting into those plans, that's uh, February 25th, so that's next week. Uh, the Calabas High School boys basketball team tied for first place in the Marnie League with one game to go against the arch rival Agura Chargers tomorrow night at 7.30 at Calabasas High School. Uh, so uh, hopefully everyone will get out there to root on the Coyotes. And then this weekend we'll find out about our playoff seeding uh, as we move on uh, to the Section 2A championships. They're having a great season there. 12 and 1 in uh, league play, 20 and 5 over 21 and 5 overall. They're ranked third in uh, in uh, this, their CIF division. A really really good team this year. So hopefully you'll join them. And the other piece of news since our last meeting was on January 30th, we received news, somewhat surprising, that our Congressman Henry Waxman has decided to retire and is not going to run for re-election this year. So there is a, we're going to have an open congressional race in in this area. Um, and I'm sure you'll hear more about that. That's a June primary and a November general election. Uh, Congressman Waxman has not represented Calabasas very long, uh, but he was out here, I remember, a couple, at least a couple times last year. He, I remember more than a couple times. He was very kind to come to the chamber mayor's lunch and address uh, the group and provide introductory remarks to my speech, and I appreciate that very much. He was here for a forum on... Uh, on the Health Care Act here in this room. I remember him visiting the seniors at Canyon Creek, so he was out quite a bit. More importantly, he served for 40 years in the United States Congress, and uh, a lot of the things that we now take for granted, the Clean Air Act, uh, labeling on your food products, so many pieces of important legislation that he's been involved with over those years. So. Um, uh, do you have a big announcement in that regard? For I do not have an announcement oh, okay. other than to tell you that I will say it was very nice from he called me. <laughs> he called me last Monday personally and said how much he enjoyed representing Calabasas and uh, that he was still uh, here to serve uh, the residents or citizens of the district and through the end of the year. And uh, I hope that um, uh, 
that sometime during the course of this year before he retires that we'll have a chance to um, invite him and maybe have him come here and receive uh, uh, an appropriate uh, tribute. Okay, with that, we are on to presentations. And uh, we have, this is our annual meeting where we uh, recognize uh, employees of the city who have uh, reached certain service levels. Five, tonight we're celebrating um, a number of employees who have worked for the city now for five years, uh, some for 10 years, and one very special employee who's uh, now in his 15th year, done 15 years of service uh, to the city. Do we, are we gonna do that up, up there? Okay. Councilors, you're welcome to join me. All right, we have a number of employees, five years of service to the city of Calabasas. We are so grateful to our, our city employees. You've heard me say it before. These are people who get up every day, usually not in the city of Calabasas, come here and work to provide services uh, for the residents of our city, and they do a great, great job. These things don't automatically happen. They happen because people are working very hard uh, throughout the city, and we're so appreciative. We have a number of five-year employees who are not able to be here tonight. Paula Avila, who is uh, at our pre one of our preschool teachers. Alka Jane, another one of our preschool teachers. Uh, Pauline Rubio Brunel, uh, uh, who is an executive assistant here at City Hall. And Charlotte Sessoms, another one of our preschool teachers. So congratulations uh, to them. And then we do have a number of the employees that are here. And we'll start with our uh, excellent Deputy Director of Public Works, Andrew uh, Brazina. Andrew? Andrew, thank you very much for your great service. We appreciate it very much, and we're keeping you busy in the Public Works Department. Indeed. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Andrew. Marty Hall. Marty is the director of Fun and Wild Haircuts. Marty is, joined us in 2008 as the facility supervisor at De Anza Park and has become a mainstay here at the city of Calabasas, one of our most well-loved figures. Marty, Thank great. you so much. Thank you Appreciate for all your great work. Cedric Henry, Cedric. Cedric started in 2008 as an accounting specialist. 2011 was promoted to his current position of, as the grant and contract administrator. And uh, Cedric is married to Rico, has two boys, Kato and Kodai? Kodai. Kaido and Kodai. Okay, very good. And. Uh, loves uh, spending time with them and traveling and doing other things. And Cedric, we really appreciate all your great work. So thank you. Thank you. Much. It's been a great five years. Thank you. <laughs> well, can't we do what, I'll do all the five years. Can we do that? Okay. All right. And then we'll, I'll do that. 
after I, after I bring them all up. Um, and if you get personal information about your wife and stuff like that, that's because you responded to the email asking for that, and if you don't, you don't. Um, <laughs> Tatiana Holden, our associate civil engineer. Tatiana, thank you thank for you your for great service. Absolutely, we are. We're keeping our public works people very, very busy. And, uh, Thank you, Tatiana. And Annie Credillion, did I say that right? Close enough? Annie, Annie is the face of Calabasas. She's our greeter here at the front desk at City Hall, and uh, she does a great job. Annie, it's wonderful to see you. Thank you so Thank much you. for all your great work. Thank you. you handshake, too, a kiss in it. <laughs> all right, so these are our five-year employees. Congratulations.
trying to do that photo when they write it. All right, 10 years. We have some employees with uh, 10 years. And uh, we'll start with uh, Louisa Baransic. Louisa. <laughs> Louisa started employment with the city in 2003 as an accounting specialist. In 2007, she was promoted to her current position as senior accounting specialist. Uh, she's married to Gary and has a daughter who's a student at the University of San Francisco studying abroad in Australia. You are not old enough to have a daughter at the University of There is no way. And uh, she loves traveling and hiking and spending time with uh, her family and, and her pets, a dog and a cat. What are their names? Suki and Amber, of course. And, uh, you know, you might as well bring them to the meeting. Uh, no one else in town seems to hesitate to bring their dogs and cats to the meeting. Thank you so much. Two of our tenure employees are not able to be here tonight. Carmen Pressler, who is one of our preschool teachers, 10 years at the preschool, and Monica Schinder, who is um, uh, an office assistant and uh, with the building department and community development department. Wait, wait, I'm sorry. She started as an office assistant. She was promoted to a building assistant and permit center coordinator in 2006. So, And her current position is permit center supervisor, which somehow is different than permit center coordinator, but congratulations to her, and I'm sorry she couldn't be here tonight. We do have um, two other very special tenure employees, and the first is Dr. Gary Lysak. <laughs> Dr. Lysak, as you know, is our CFO. He started uh, in 2003 with us, 10 years. Gary Lysak's been here, it seems like forever, which is great. Um, and uh, he has done such an incredible job, and thank goodness we did have him during some of these turbulent economic times that we had and the great shape that we were in because of the thoughtfulness and work that uh, he's done. Um, he is uh, married to Dr. Karen Lysak and has two kids, Garrison and Carson. Carson works here at uh, the city. Uh, and uh, he wrote down his hobbies are single luge, curling, ski jumping, and downhill slalom racing, okay? Which uh, we can see that you did not qualify for the Olympics given that you're here with us. Tonight. So uh, I think that's women's luge, actually. Is that right? But uh, okay. But uh, Dr. Gary Lysak, thank you so much for your great service to our city. Also celebrating 10 years today, our city manager, Tony Corrales. It's been 10 years since Tony joined us as city manager, and he has done an outstanding job. Uh, he uh, and, and Patty have become such important pillars of our community, and we're so uh, Grateful to you and to Patty and to for all of your all of your great work. Uh, many of you know that uh, this was Colonel Corrales from the uh, in the U.S. Army, and then I, this I actually this was just declassified. 
but I can tell you that uh, at one point in time, he worked in the Pentagon, and I love these Pentagon titles, Chief of International Plans and Policy Integration Division, Office of the Deputy Undersecretary for, of the Army for International Affairs at the Pentagon. Yeah. So, uh, so now he, uh, he, you, now he answers the uh, call if the shuttle bus is running three minutes late. <laughs> there you go. But uh, Tony, you've done a great job. Congratulations. All right, one more, one more employee to celebrate tonight. Yes, please, a round of applause. All right, Arvin Petros has been with the city of Calabasas now for 15 years. <laughs> Certainly one of our most popular employees, does an incredible job in our media department, uh, CTV and so many things. And uh, to prove he's been here 15 years, we're looking at some photos here. And, you know, can you, can you go back on the photos? I want to talk about them a little bit. Um, because it's, it's sort of a history of the city. All right, who can identify which one is Arvin in this picture? Arvin is on the left. And uh, when, you know, when they first started building Calabasas, they had to clear out the jungle, the snakes and everything. And that was one of Arvin's initial jobs. And the next photo, because um, it takes us a little through this street, this is the building of the commons. That, I think, is King's Fish House building, um, right on the corner there. And he's uh, photographing and, and uh, doing some filming of that. And the next photo, this was the community center, the Agur Hills Calabasas Community Center during the construction and uh, taking photos. Next. This was, uh, this, guess whose idea this was? This was Dennis Washburn's idea uh, for, uh, for uh, Calabasas, and uh, it was put up, and, and, uh, and then it was immediately cited for code violations and, and so forth. This, is, uh, this was a Moreau, fi Moreau Road fire in 1999, I believe, and uh, 
uh, Arvin was there. And then the, uh, this, this was uh, the state of the city or the election uh, group back also from around 1999. So if you want to trace the history of the city, some of the things we do, uh, and that's Arvin right there in the middle. Um, so Arvin, you've been such an important part of what we've done here for so long, hired as an intern in 1997. Uh, and then the following year as a production technician, promoted to senior media specialist, and in 2006 to your current position of media operations supervisor. I know your, your wife Monica is here, and these two absolutely gorgeous girls are Bella and Adessa, is that right? And uh, they look really, really pretty tonight, and we're so glad that they're here. And uh, Arvin, thank you so much for all of your great service continuing, not only the time and the effort, but absolutely cutting edge in the types of things you guys are doing in the media department, and uh, we're, we're really, really appreciative of that. So thank you so much. All right, congratulations again and thank you to everyone. And um, we, we, have, we are blessed with incredible uh, city employees of the city of Calabasas and we're very appreciative of all of their uh, efforts. Our second presentation this evening is also very, very exciting and that is a presentation regarding the Special Olympics and I'm gonna have uh, Mary Sue Maurer, Councilwoman Maurer, introduce that item. Thank you. I'm so pleased that we have so many people here this evening to hear this exciting proposition that will be hopefully agreeing on tonight. It involves the Special Olympics. Um, next year, in 2015, in the summer, the City of Los Angeles is hosting the International Special Olympics. And one of the programs that the Special Olympics um, promotes is host cities, where different cities get the athletes and their coaches three days in advance of the competition. And we bring them to our communities, we house them, we feed them, we show them our culture, we entertain them. And through just some wonderful synergy with the Chamber of Commerce and Bridget Carl and some of the other people I'll be introducing, we are going to be a host city and bringing some athletes to the city of Calabasas to do that. So I hope that some of you will consider um, getting involved. We have a history already with the Special Olympics here in Calabasas with a partnership uh, with the Tri-Valley Special Olympics. It's an affiliated organization. We run a swimming program. Maybe some of you have seen 
some of the athletes on Wednesday nights from 6.30 to 7.30. The program just started, so if, if you know anyone um, that is a person with an intellectual disability that you think would enjoy swimming at the Tennis and Swim Center on Wednesday nights, I encourage you to um, share that information with them. But without too much um, more to say, I want to introduce these guests. One particular partner that we have already found is the MRCA, the Mountains Restoration and Conservation Authority, or the Santa Monica Mountains Conservancy, that operates King Gillette Ranch there with the Visitor Center at Mulholland Highway and Las Virginis. They have a 200-person dormitory that they have agreed to allow us to host the athletes in. Um, but let me introduce uh, the other special guests, and they'll be giving you a brief overview of what we have in store for us. First, it's my pleasure to bring forward our partner, the Calabasas Chamber of Commerce and the president, Bridget Carl, if you could come up. Bridget really is the... Um, is the linkage in this program. She was approached by a couple representatives from the Special Olympics who were looking for different host cities, and she immediately identified that this would be a wonderful fit for our community. Too often we get so much media attention for, for some of our celebrity guests, but really we are a community of heart and giving and caring, and, and I think it'll be an opportunity to, to demonstrate that. So. Bridget, on behalf of the city, thank you for, for bringing this forward. Um, I'd like to introduce Elga Sharp. She's Vice President of International Relations and Chief Protocol for the Special Olympics. And Elga, come forward, is a neighbor in Woodland Hills, and she is the first one that approached the Calabasas Chamber of Commerce and brought the idea to our city. So thank you and welcome. I'd like to introduce Laura Mayo. She's Special Olympics for a representative for the Santa Clarita and Tri-Valley area and works very closely with the athletes all year round. And then we have Joanne Klonowski, and she is the Vice President of Host Town. She'll be telling us a little bit about the program. She has some flyers if you'd like to take home some. And then it is my distinct pleasure to introduce one of our very special um, athlete who's joined us, and I, I hope we'll have time to learn a little bit about your various competitions and and what it is you do for um, the Special Olympics. You're such a wonderful representative. Please join me in welcoming Dustin Plunkett. <laughs> and, and I'll let you go ahead and, and tell the community a little bit more about the program. Thank you. It's, um, it's, a, it's an absolute pleasure to be here. Thank you so much. You have such a a warm and welcome community. We're so appreciative. The World Games are coming here in July of 2015. It is the largest event that has hit Southern California since the 1984 Olympics. Uh, there will be 7,000 athletes coming in from 170 countries. I can't even begin to tell you how excited they are. Not only to be coming to the United States, but Southern California. It's very exciting. Host Town is, a, is an opportunity for the athletes to become acclimated to the temperature, to have uh, an opportunity for acceptance and inclusion in the various communities that they're in. Uh, we are looking for communities from San Luis Obispo all the way to San Diego, and we hope that we will have as many as 100 towns involved and there will be a minimum of 100 delegates, um, and the delegations are made up of the athletes and the coaches. 
um, but they are very ex excited about coming in. And what I'd like to do is um, uh, have the, our very special and esteemed um, uh, part of the World Games uh, speak a little bit about um, Host Town. He also has a video to show you, and he's probably the best representative to talk about it. Dustin, if you would, please. Thank you, Joanne, and it's an honor, and thank you so much for inviting us here tonight. We really appreciate it. Um, I, as I all said, my name is Dustin Poggett. I'm a Special Olympic athlete. I've been involved for the past 18 years, and for the past 16 of those years, I've been a speaker on behalf of the Special Olympics, sharing the, the impact that the movement has on not only the athletes, but the lives and people that help us out who are there with us each and every step of the day, whether it's coaches, whether it's staff, and most importantly, the volunteers that get involved and really are the heart of our organization. But these athletes are coming from 170 countries. Um, they're really excited to come here. And like me tonight, I finally got to go over to the commons and see the commons tonight. And I'm just sitting there going, wow, these athletes can just run around here and just <laughs> be excited to go to shopping, see different stores, different venues. Um, then I saw the brochure of King Gillette Ranch, and that's just amazing. They would love to go hiking there, um, love to have different activities there for them. It would just be such a good place to host them. And then, uh, I, I, and then the one thing that they really love to see is more learn the culture about Calabasas, like how it all came about. They want to see the educational piece to it as well. Um, those are what the athletes really look for. And um, to the athletes, it's like, I tell this to everybody, you think you're changing our lives. I guarantee you by the end of the three days of host town, you'll realize that it was our athletes that changed your lives. And you'll find out more in our video about the host town in Athens, Greece. extremely important to the Special Olympics athlete because it gives them an opportunity to come in a couple of days ahead of time and to acclimate to the local culture, to the local climate, to get to know some people, to make some friends, establish some relationships, and be at their best when they're ready to compete on a worldwide scale. Being able to understand better and, and having the people, the local citizens, understand better about people with intellectual disabilities. It's a great opportunity for us to have eye-opening to other countries to have to explore the nice view of it. To, to get an open mind of, uh, of the world. Special Olympics is everything that's good and right about sports. It teaches, it entertains, it sells, it motivates. It also happens to be a microcosm of society, both good and bad.
I love the way our athletes compete with such dignity and respect for each other. É um pouco emocionado e tomara fazer uma boa partida, né? E que nós Brasil seja campeão, né? But I'm going to win um Senegal. And I want to win um bronze or silver or gold. The enthusiasm and the pure joy to see them reach their accomplishments and grow in self-confidence in so many ways in life just through the simple power of sports. It's life-changing stuff. Thank you so very much. And as you can see, they would be absolutely thrilled to be here. And um, we so appreciate your hospitality for us this evening. And we look forward to bringing the athletes here. They'd, um, I know they'd be, um, be thrilled. I also have um, flyers here for anybody in the audience that would like to take some home. Um, it also has my contact information. So if I can answer any questions, we're here for you. Thank you. And, and I just wanted to thank you all for coming um, many distances and, and s struggling with the 101 freeway to be here and, and share the program. And I'm happy that uh, Mayor Gaines has agreed and, and together we'll be co-chairing with the chamber this effort. And um, they're available for questions or comments. Any question or comments? We're not, there's no action before us tonight, but it w the, we will be coming back with a, uh, uh, an action at a, at a future meeting. Um, so, uh, are there any questions or comments from the council? Councilwoman Martin. Um, this is very exciting, um, and I'm sure that the, uh, the city of Calabasas will have a nice warm welcome for you. And we look forward to, uh, I look forward to being um, a part of it, and uh, uh, the city as well. One of the things that I might mention is we will also have a website for your city. So we'll be um, certainly putting you on the map worldwide for the event. So um, posting pictures um, back to the countries. You may have more than one country involved. So um, it is. Thank you so very much. Thank you. Any other councilors? All right. Well, thank you very much. We look forward to uh, moving forward on this, and, um, and we'll have a report back on the council agenda for action, if necessary, at a future meeting. Okay. We are done with our presentations, and we are now at a, the part of our agenda where we take oral communications and public comment on items not on the agenda. If you'd like to speak before the council on an item not on tonight's agenda, please fill out a card in the back and hand it to the city clerk. I have several cards, and we'll start with Bonnie Mulholland from the Calabasas Chamber of Commerce. Welcome, Bonnie. Good evening, everyone. That's a tough act to follow, that group, <laughs> but uh, I'll do my best. Thank you, Mayor. Um, first of all, I'm Bonnie Mulholland, and I'm here on behalf of the Calabasas Chamber. And as the mayor so eloquently said, we're having our uh, chamber breakfast tomorrow morning, and I'd love to invite all of you. It's our Valentine's breakfast, so please come, meet some um, people that represent different businesses in the community and it's just a great it's at the Calabasas Country Club and we'd love to see each and every one of you so please uh, join me and then also we have uh, for February the 26th we have our Cal Cup 
bowling tournament and the city I know has a foursome and we have some openings for some other foursomes it's $300 $75 a player we'd love for you to come it's going to be food bowling and fun so that's Friday February the 28th and then in March we have um, Citibank's brand new ribbon cutting and uh, come and meet Renit, who is the president of that branch and that starts at four o'clock it's a Thursday evening and lastly, but what's the date on that? I'm sorry, it's March the sixth, Thursday at four o'clock. So we'd love to have all of you here, everyone that's in the audience. It'll be an exciting uh, new bank for us. And then lastly, but not leastly, we have um, the chamber luncheon, where we have um, the small business public information officer, Mr. Mark Randall, and attorney. Uh, I don't want to mess this up, Steve Roseman, uh, speaking on um, to the business community on earthquake preparedness. So that is a luncheon at 11.30, and it, once again, it's open to the public, and we'd love to have all of you come and join us. That is a Thursday as well, Thursday at 11.30, March 27th. Okay, so thank you so much. Yes, Mayor. Bonnie, you thank you for being here and for all you do for the Chamber and the thank community. You. Really appreciate it. Thank you. We really enjoyed you at our installation, our board installation dinner, all okay. of you. So thank you so much. All right. Can I just say one thing? Um, I'm looking, I have one spot left on my bowling team, and I'm looking for someone that has a bowling ball or that has played in a league only. Ooh. Thank you. Serious. We're getting serious here. All right, our next speaker, Jennifer Bercy. Is Jennifer here? There you are, popping up from, uh, what were you doing down there? <laughs> Jennifer, welcome. Thank you. Um, first off, I just want to say congratulations to all the staff. We have a fantastic staff and um, thank them all for their service and, and for being here for us and putting up with all of us. Um, I just want to piggyback on what um, Mayor Pro Tem Shapiro said a little earlier. Um, he said that we raised $6,000, which is a little incorrect. We're actually donating $6,000. So that is after all of our costs and fees and everything. So I just wanted to take a second to thank our sponsors, Mercedes-Benz and Celebrity Cruises. Um, they actually came in with cash to help pay for some of our expenses and secure all for donating their services. Um, as David mentioned, Wolf Creek was there with their Wolf, um, donating their beer and their services, and all the other beer vendors and the band. Um, and we would not have been able to do this, again, without Alan Semsar and Barcelona and his staff, because I had no idea what I was doing. So they were a fantastic help at 10 o'clock at night texting back and forth what to do for the next day and, and our goals and um, getting everything done. And I did want to thank um, Mayor Pro Tem Shapiro for all of his help in this, and also Robert Yalda which I haven't seen him tonight, um, for, again, his texts at, at 10 o'clock at night on his own time, helping us get this done and um, produced. So I just wanted to really thank them. I actually ran over here from a survivor event that we were having over at Sagebrush. We got to honor 45 survivors this evening. And um, I just want to remind everybody that May 17th is our event at A. Wright Middle School. And everybody is welcome to join a team, make a team, come out, hang out for the day, whatever you would like to do. You do not have to be a City of Calabasas resident in order to join us. We take everybody. And um, that was it. So thank you guys. And thank the City of Calabasas team. They are already $6,000 up. So thank you guys. Thank you. Thank you, Jennifer. <laughs> uh, next speaker, Matt Heller. Welcome back, Matt. 
Good evening, uh, um, Mayor Gaines, <coughs> ladies and gentlemen of the City Council. My name is Matthew Heller, and I'm the president of the Community Center Alliance, which is the nonprofit 501c3 arm of the Agoura Hills Calabasas Community Center. And the reason why I'm here tonight is we are looking to recruit board members for the Community Center Alliance. Um, our charge in the alliance is to raise money for the center. The goal being to provide the best possible experience for members of the community, to uh, upgrade the facility, and to really truly offer something that uh, I'm hoping will no longer be the best kept secret in Calabasas and Agoura Hills, and to try to get more people involved. Um, I would compare the opportunity to serving on a Calabasas commission. As many of you know, I was privileged to serve on the Parks, Recreation, and Education Commission for six years. Uh, and I feel that this is a similar opportunity that we can provide to residents of Calabasas who want to get involved in the community, who want to take a leadership role, and who want to be active in uh, an organization and in a facility that provides such great programs as uh, Ms. Bursey referenced. We hosted the um, Relay for Life fundraiser on Friday night. We do lots of things like that. We're not just a gym, and we're looking for people who would be interested in getting involved. So uh, I'm here to get the word out. I'm hoping we might have an opportunity to put something on the Calabasas website so that we can get interested parties involved who like to uh, approach us and talk about becoming members of our board. Matt, thank you very much. Please make sure you get the information to our media department so they can include it in uh, e-news and on our website and our other regular information locations. Well, thank you very much. All right. Thank you. This is the last uh, uh, speaker I have under items not on the agenda. If anyone else wants to speak on item not on the agenda, please fill out a card and provide it to the city clerk. Steve Gibney. Did I say that right? Okay. Steve, welcome. Good evening. Steve Gibney from Thousand Oaks. I was married right over here at the Calabasas Inn when it was running years ago. Who in, the group, who in the room here knows of the group called Mayors Against Illegal Guns? Does anyone know of that group? Started by Mayor Michael Bloomberg? We know Mayor Gaines knows of the group. Because that group, headed by Michael Bloomberg, it has come out that it is not for taking illegal guns away from criminals. It is for removing guns from law-abiding citizens. That has come out at least two times that we know of so far. The mayor of Poughkeepsie, New York, Mayor John Kazik, said he quit the group after realizing it was simply a vehicle for Bloomberg to promote his personal gun control agenda. It didn't take long to realize the mayor against legal guns agenda was much more than ridding felons of illegal guns. Under the guise of helping mayors facing a crime and drug epidemic, mayor against illegal guns intended to promote confiscation of guns from law-abiding citizens. That was in the Poughkeepsie Journal newspaper. We have another one that came out. The fourth, a fourth mayor quits Bloomberg anti-gun group. And this is all to make you question, what is the agenda that your mayor has? It's sad, I can tell you. A fourth mayor has withdrawn from Mayor Bloomberg's coalition against illegal guns, officials said. Mayor Mary Wolf of Williamsport, Pennsylvania said in an interview yesterday that she withdrew from mayors against illegal guns because she thought it was attempting to erode all gun ownership not just illegal guns. Now remember, all this is happening. All this is going on. Sure, it looks great. Remove guns from criminals. Sure, sounds great. It's a great front. Meanwhile, your government is arming themselves with 1.6 billion rounds of ammo for Homeland Security. It's time for a national conversation straight out of Forbes.com. They know that they're buying plenty of bullets against us, 
But obviously, your mayor is siding with a group that wants to take guns from law-abiding citizens. But, by the way, there's over 50 mayors that have left the group for the same reason. They just have not gone public yet. USA spending on fedbizops.gov. These are all the pages of all the solicitations for the weapons, for the bullets. Meanwhile, your government is buying targets that are covered with young ladies, children, old people standing in a shower so that they can t practice targets shooting against them. The U.S. Postal Service just bought a couple hundred thousand rounds. Along with Homeland Security just bought 121,000 more of sniper bullets for Homeland Security. Meanwhile, you have crime statistics. FBI.gov shows that crime rate has gone down 49% from 2007 to 2009. You know that about 11,000 people are killed by guns a year? Tobacco kills 529,000. Of those 11,000 that are killed by guns per year, 9,000 are gang-related. You need to do your homework, folks. Thank you, sir. I, uh, I'm a proud member of Mayors Against Illegal Guns, an organization of about 500 mayors around the country that are looking to take action to try and limit some of these horrible incidents that we see over and over and over again throughout communities throughout the uh, United States. And I urge you to go to uh, mayorsagainstillegalguns.com and look at the positions that we've taken and make a decision for yourself as to whether you think uh, our agenda is appropriate. With that, we, I do not have any further cards. Um, under oral communications, we have our consent agenda. Uh, is there, those, uh, that's items one through six. Are there any items that uh, any members would like pulled from the consent agenda? Number three. Number three, any other items? All right, is there a motion before us on items uh, one, two, four, five, and six? So moved. Second. It's been moved and seconded. Any discussion? Seeing none, all those in favor, please say aye. 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 Opposed? None. The, those items are passed. One of those items, by the way, was our, the renewal of our service agreement with the Los Angeles County Sheriff's Department. Probably the most important thing we do all year is uh, make sure that we have sheriff services in our city, and we just did that. And uh, our captain, uh, Pat Davern, is here from Lost Hill Station with a number of the deputies. Would you guys stand? We're so appreciative of your great service. <laughs> and we have, we have a new sheriff in the county. Interim Sheriff, uh, and his name is Scott? John Scott. John Scott. And uh, uh, I actually wrote to the new sheriff today to congratulate him. I, I invited him if he'd like to come uh, be introduced and speak. And, and uh, so if you see him, uh, which you probably will at some point, you let him know that we'd love to meet him and, and have him come by if he has a chance to do that. All right. Thank you. Thank you, Captain. Okay. We now go to the one item that was taken off the consent calendar. That is item number three, recommendation to approve amendment to the existing professional services agreement with Hutt Solars, Inc. for the Lost Hills Interchange Project. Um, Councilwoman Martin, did you wish to have a staff report or what are your questions on this? No, I just um, wanted to ask that you're, you're changing where we're the street that you're going to be going down in order to do the construction. And you have letters, um, I know, from uh, Saratoga Hills and Saratoga um, HOA presidents. But what I wanted to know is what, um, how did the city, or if we did, notify the residents that were, they you know, that it's going to be going well, down through? 
Uh, uh, city staff met with both the community leaders, uh, the leaders of the HOAs, uh, Andrew Leff and um, Norm Buring. They went to their uh, communities and spoke with them at their HOA meetings and brought this to their attention. So that's how the information was communicated to uh, the two uh, Sar Saratoga Hills communities, was through these uh, two uh, HOA presidents. Okay, so my question is, can the city do something on our behalf to notify those residents? Because we, you know, item number seven is, was through an HOA and people did not know. So I wanna make sure that we, as a city, um, make sure that those residents know that, you know, we've, it's all good, you know, to move everything up, but we need to notify them so that uh, yeah, I think certainly. if they come forward. One, one thing that we do uh, do is um, advertise this on the Traffic and Transportation Commission. I give uh, updates on the uh, Lost Hills project every three months. Um, uh, Commissioner Norm Buring is, of course, one of the members of the, the commission, uh, and we do let our HOA communities know through our uh, HOA presidents that uh, these um, updates are televised, and they are televised every three months on our Traffic and Transportation Commission. Okay, so my question again is, can we specifically notify these we, residents that are going to be affected yeah, by this we change. Can certainly, we can certainly Because do we know that. They, don't, yeah. they don't watch the traffic and transportation. They don't see the postings. Um, and even though it's a positive change, can we notify those residents specifically that are going to be affected by this, that this we, is going to be happening? We, we, will, we will communicate with uh, the communities uh, personally. Well, can I ask? I, is this one where we where it would be a 500 foot radius postcard anyways or a letter I occasionally we send those out for, for various things does this yeah. not meet that requirement my apology I'm late I just came from Sacramento for the same project um, Tony has been assisting us if there is anything specific first of all what Andrew is saying we are keeping everybody up to date of what's going on with the project but before construction, we can do the phone calls for that more than 500 feet radius for whoever is going to be impacted in that area for this project. We can do that. And actually, we are trying to make a special card, I just learned today, that not only shows the future look of the project, we will send it as a notification 30 days advance to every resident, and that will get their attention, and then we'll be follow up with the phone call. And that should really get 95%, I cannot guarantee 100%, I learned that. Okay. I just wanted to make sure that we, as the city, we notify them, not just through the HOAs. All right, are there any other questions or comments on item number three? Is there a motion on item number three? So moved. Second. It's been moved and seconded. Any further discussion? Seeing none, all those in favor say aye. 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 Opposed? The, the uh, item is adopted. All right, we are moving on to uh, new business. Item number seven, Park Sorrento Traffic Calming Evaluation Report. Let me explain our procedures. We have a lot of people here, and uh, let me just go through how, this, uh, how we will uh, do this. What we will do is we're gonna have a report uh, from our city staff that's gonna give the background on this issue. Um, we then allow the um, 
City Council to ask any questions. We then open it up for public comment, so the public, before they comment, has the advantage of having seen all of the staff report and having heard any uh, questions from the council. Uh, at that time, I will call. I do have a number of cards. Everyone gets three minutes of time, up to three minutes. There's a little uh, box up here. Maybe we need to turn it facing the uh, speakers, but it has a, uh, oh, there is one facing the speakers. Okay, good. That, um, that, that gives you your three minutes. It's, gre it's green and then it turns yellow when you have 30 seconds left. So it gives you an idea of how much time you have to speak. And then uh, we will take all the public testimony. At the end of that, we'll close the public testimony and then uh, we'll have council discussion. Um, so uh, having said that, we will turn it over to our public works director, Robert Yalda, for the presentation of the item. Yes, actually. Just I so councilmers know, what we'll do, I'm, I was going to try to make it through the presentation and the testimony, then maybe take a break if we need to take a break. So, okay. I'm sorry. Thank Mr. you, Yalda. Mr. Mayor, member of council and public. First of all, I want to thank everyone. Um, this project has been exciting. We have met a lot of citizens individually within past six months. We have done whatever we could do. I asked Ryan Thompson to go over the project as it stand right now and what we have done since we built the project till this point and what is the outcome of what we were expecting to get. So Ryan, if you can just walk us through the project. Good evening to the mayor and council. Um, the Park Sereno traffic calming beautification project originally came onto our radar um, and we've been receiving complaints of speeding in the neighborhood. Uh, those complaints have been growing over the years, um, so we did some initial reviews and in the past seven years, 42% of all the accidents were, were actually speed related. Um, Park Sereno's appeal uh, that was as a shortcut between the high school and the commons and city hall uh, sort of made it a, a more of a thoroughfare than a residential neighborhood street. So we began to do investigations into doing the project and uh, what we uh, put in were three successive landscape traffic circles. Um, what traffic circles do are they slow down and inhibit speed. Uh, they're an intersection enhancement, and uh, what they've done collectively is extend that influence over a larger area. So instead of just one traffic circle slowing people down at its uh, location, it spreads it out for all three. Uh, we added landscape parkways uh, also as a psychological effect to reduce speed and to beautify, beautify the area and uh, provide uh, just an opportunity to keep that as a nicer place. Um, part of these landscape enhancements were the bioswells. Um, I'll get back into a little bit more what bioswells are later in the presentation. Um, we uh, designed these traffic circles to accommodate larger vehicles and we actually do have a video of fire trucks and garbage trucks driving through the traffic circles. Um, we minimized the reduction of any on-street parking uh, in the area. Um, on-street parking along Park Sereno in that area was n never legal and the cul-de-sac cul parking was not compromised. And once again, I'll address that a little further in the presentation. Um, here, uh, just a, it's an example of the, the complexities of this project. Um, we have our, our traffic circles, all three of them here, from Park Adolfa to Jacaranda to Parque El Olivo. Um, and these are just showing what's required 
putting in signage, striping, uh, reflectors, and, and all of the things that are required to keep uh, by the Manual for Uniform Traffic Control Devices, or it's the MUTCD, which governs what uh, traffic control is uh, reasonable and will be most likely to be followed. Um, AASHTO, uh, it's an engineering guideline, and by the California Vehicle Code. So there's a lot of complexities that go into these. Um, but we also do realize that sometimes they tend to have a larger impact on communities. So we work to minimize this impact and come to compromises with the community. Uh, there were a number of things that we did to reduce the, the immediate uh, impact of these traffic circles. Um, originally, uh, each of the cul-de-sacs had some uh, striping put in as a center line. This was removed um, after conversations between staff and residents, realizing that uh, on the residential streets it wasn't as necessary to have it there. Um, the yield signs uh, on the cul-de-sacs, I'm actually going to move forward two slides. Um, the right-hand picture shows the original yield signs that were put in place. After discussion on, on the visual impact, these were reduced in size uh, to minimize the impact on the neighborhood. Um, we also removed um, all of the key bright uh, symbols and object markers uh, from the cul-de-sacs going out onto Park Sorrento. Uh, they were seen as uh, being unsightly by the residents and they weren't necessarily needed because the residents knew they needed to follow the traffic circle in, in the correct direction. Um, they were kept on Park Sorrento on the edges of the traffic circles, so the original um, at each end, at Park Olivo and um, Park Adelpha, the, uh, the outward facing uh, splitters and signs remained in place as a safety measure. Um, uh, on the uh, elements where we did remove signage and striping, we did put reflectors in place to ensure that uh, anything that was not just roadway also was uh, visible to people at night. Um, road narrow signs were removed from the tapering landscape parkway, um, particularly uh, it was an obvious uh, element to the project. So as cars came up, it wasn't felt it was needed to, to keep that there anymore. And we, uh, we altered the one-way directional signs that are normally required on each leg of the intersection and put in a classic roundabout uh, sign, which is a semicircle with arrows pointing off, uh, which is much less obtrusive. Um, a 25 mile per hour speed limit sign that had been put in place was removed as well, and the advanced warning signs on the cul-de-sac streets uh, were also removed. Again, as a, since it is in the community, it wasn't necessarily needed to advise in advance again. Um, again, here uh, in the top left, you can see the effect of uh, taking the sign off. It uh, definitely streamlines the, the splitter island. Uh, we also removed the yellow striping surrounding these splitter islands. And uh, I pointed out earlier the yield sign. Um, furthermore, we uh, worked on reducing the size of the splitter islands to ensure a much larger uh, pedestrian area. Um, we actually shaved off 
and increased the crossing area from three and a half feet to six and a half feet, uh, providing a significant amount of uh, safety margin for pedestrians. Uh, we added in additional striping to delineate where that crossing area was uh, safer for pedestrians to walk through. Um, and here it just shows where how much of that splitter island was taken off and where that delineation line is. And here's some pictures of what it looked like beforehand with the narrower crossing and with the significantly wider crossing. Staff also went out uh, and investigated the, some of the speed issues. In 2008, the 85th percentile speed along Park Sorrento had been uh, formally recorded as 40 miles per hour. Uh, when staff went out to investigate uh, the impact these traffic circles had, uh, they had, had recorded a significant drop in the speed of 13 miles per hour to an 85th percentile speed of 27 miles per hour, which is a significant drop in speed. Can you explain the 85th percentile? That I can. The 85th percentile is used by um, California, but also the United States, to delineate the reasonable speed. So 85% of the population drive at or below that speed. Um, and that's generally the, the guideline that's used to set speed limits. Um, so we noticed that you know, one of our major uh, goals for this project was to reduce speed along this corridor. And this was a, a very significant reduction. Can, can I add something? The, the reason that we do the traffic studies is you cannot arbitrarily set a speed limit. You can't go out and just say, well, we're going to make it uh, 25 miles an hour or 20 or 15. It's based on this 85th percentile. And then, like, like you will hear, when you get new data, then you can adjust the speed limits on, on the roads. So um, here's just some of our, our data sheets that we had uh, from uh, recording. Um, there is a requirement for a minimum of 100 samples. Um, we actually have uh, an, a couple of different samples. One was 100 and another was 200, taken at two different points in the day, and they both actually came out with the same results, uh, the 27 mile per hour speed limit. Uh, again, showing that significant reduction. Um, and here we have just some quick pictures of larger vehicles making it through the traffic circle. Uh, we also had the benefit of having the fire trucks come out and give us a little, well, dump trucks and the fire trucks on a little demonstration on making it through these roundabouts and into the cul-de-sacs. Uh, again, the truck makes it in with no issues. And here the fire truck makes it around with significant ease. We have, now I, I noticed a little bit of laughter, but the intent of those uh, initial uh, concrete circles is for larger vehicles to drive over them. But again, the truck is making it through. Well, how how does it get into the... That's our next one right here. So 
it's not different than how they did it before. But this is all recorded by the fire trucks driving in and out. They made it in. Uh, there was some uh, adjustment of speed to just save time for demonstrating this, but uh, the fire trucks made it in, and the uh, the firefighters had no issues with this. Now, getting back to where we were, um, the bioswells. Um, we'll just touch on them lightly. They were part of the the beautification, um, and essentially, a bioswell is a man-made natural filter. Uh, it's uh, plant life on top, as we can see on the right. This is what it looks like when we're done. Um, underneath that, there's a few feet of sand underneath that gravel, and then we get into the normal uh, earth. Uh, the big advantage of that is it's uh, a, a huge advantage in cleaning out stormwater uh, on its own without having to do any uh, chemicals. So it's uh, a big step in keeping the water cleaner that's coming out of our city. Um, again, here's some before and after pictures where you can see the effects of the traffic circles just on making the street not look like it's a street you can drive fast on. Um, there's uh, On the left is the picture beforehand. Uh, it's a fairly wide street where over half of it was a 25 mile an hour street. The other half was 35 miles an hour. Now it actually looks like, on the right, a street that you would drive along in a residential neighborhood. Again, uh, closer up, uh, you can see the effect of the, the traffic circle, and it adds significant greenery to the area. It gives it a more uh, a closer community feel. And again, at another traffic circle. And um, we did some investigation on the, uh, the parking in the cul-de-sacs. Um, in California law, uh, within the first 20 feet of an intersection, uh, no one is, uh, no, you're not allowed to park in it. According to California law, for the, within 20 feet of an intersection, you cannot park a vehicle. So when we did the study, we, we analyzed how many parking spaces were available on street uh, that were legal, as well as what impact there may have been by adding in the splitter islands. And what we found was, there was 23 spots left throughout the cul-de-sacs uh, on street, um, and none of these were affected by having the, traffic, the splitter islands from the traffic circles installed. Uh, further investigation was uh, taking a look at what each uh, property had to have for parking. Um, and we came to a, a fairly large number of 193 spaces between uh, all three cul-de-sacs, uh, giving a combined total of on and off street parking at 216 spots in those three cul-de-sacs, 193 for on property and 23 on street. Um, there's still significant parking in the area. Um, Engineering colleagues from uh, nearby cities uh, and, and adjacent counties have, have taken a look at the project, believed it was very effective as uh, speed control, and recommended that the city apply for uh, awards through the American Public Works Association and the League of California Cities. And the city has uh, applied for both. 
uh, the APA, APWA Ventura chapter for Project of the Year and the League of California Cities for Outstanding Local Streets and Road Projects Award. Uh, we're still awaiting on what results there may be from those, but uh, we have our, our applications in. Um, this evening, I also have our senior civil engineer, Mark Safarian, he's a licensed traffic engineer in the state of California, and our director, Robert Yaldia, who is also a uh, licensed and registered traffic engineer in the state of California to answer any questions. Mark or Robert, did you want to make any comments at this time? No, just in conclusion, um, the intent was to reduce the zone speed reduction from one point to another point. We used to have reduction of speed from 35 to 25 passing the cul-de-sacs and we weren't achieving that. With this design we have achieved that and actually we are coming back to council to post that street at 25 miles per hour from Park Mersal all the way to Park Aura. I know people still call me and complain that there's a speeder. That's why I have Sheriff's Department to enforce that posted speed limit and is expected that speed to remain between 25 and 30 miles per hour. The last thing I want to add, I know some people ask, there's a guideline how to take sampling of this speed survey. We cannot go on peak hours or on weekend to, to take speed survey. Speed survey, California MUTC has a guideline. It has to be Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. That's a calm. People will drive those streets. That's what have you determined speed survey. Because if it's done any other way and is not certified, if somebody gets speed ticket and our speed survey is not certified, the judge can easily throw it off and is not going to be effective. And those are the result. And um, I'm, I'm pleased with the project. I know a lot of people needed a lot of modification. We have done our best. Myself. I think in the beginning, even my boss, Tony Corrales, went out in the field. We tried to do the best as we could, but at the same time, I want to let council know, no matter what we do in the street, I have to be careful that is all in application of design standard that I can defend the city on any kind of accident. So we cannot keep on tweak and move more signs, take little island out. It has to have minimum standard requirement so we can, in case of any kind of accident, defend what we have designed for city streets. And I'm pleased to say that this street does qualify for all the standards. It's safe and it's operating. We did not have accidents while it's been there for the last five, six months. Okay, I, I, before we go to questions, I was gonna ask the Sheriff's Department if they would, um, I think uh, Detective Hulson was going to make some comments, is that right? Yeah, why don't you do that now so we can uh, have, any, have you up here if we, uh, during the council questioning if there are any questions. Thank you. Good evening, Mr. Mayor, members of the council, Mr. City Manager. I'd like to start off by saying uh, really quickly that, uh, that uh, Special Olympics was incredible. Uh, you sometimes have a little bit of a cynical perspective on, the, on life. You see, look in their faces and all of a sudden your heart just opens up. And I hope that you let the Sheriff's Department become, uh, be part of that so we can be involved. We, Captain and I have already talked about how um, enthusiastic your department is about the Special Olympics and we'll definitely have a place for you on the committee. Thank you. I can't believe it's been nearly six months since uh, my boss, my ex-boss, Phil Brooks, um, 
came up and gave us uh, our opinions on this uh, project. I can say that over the past several months, I, I think it's been close to six months, our opinion regarding this, this project hasn't changed. It's only solidified, especially with the uh, speed da data that the city has collected on Park Sorrento. Um, like I said, we were in favor then, we're in favor now. Um, patrol deputies working in the city of Calabasas have uh, reported to me that they've noticed speeds have significantly been reduced in the area, and, and that's just not their opinion. Obviously, it's backed up by the speed survey da data. To get a reduction in 10 to 13 miles an hour in, in speed on a street, I mean, you literally have to have a deputy sitting there 24-7. Um, that's an, a remarkable speed reduction. I mean, unbelievable, actually. And um, any, any reduction in speed, um, you know, we're, we're absolutely in favor for it in, in, in regards to traffic safety. And that's where our, our opinion is based here is on, on traffic safety, not some of the other issues that I guess some of the citizens are concerned about. But we're, we're talking solely traffic safety. And we're delighted with the project, um, the reduction in speeds. It's made our lives, quite frankly, a lot easier. We used to get uh, several complaints monthly from residents about speed going through that corridor. And except for Robert asking, Mr. Yalda asking me for uh, our presence out there continuously, I haven't had any actual uh, personal requests from citizens to get out there and do speed enforcement. It's, it's been eliminated, essentially. Um, I, I've been a, a deputy sheriff for 20 years. I've been at the station for 15. So I do have some perspective and background in this area. Um, you know, I'm, I, I haven't only been here six months or a year. I've been here for a long time. I know a lot of the residents out here. I mean, we're, we kind of consider ourselves almost like adopted residents out in this area. And uh, you don't have a lot of a turnover here. So we're, we're kind of, we have a stake here. Um, additionally, I was just at a, uh, a school area traffic safety meeting with some, several members of the uh, council and uh, public uh, city staff. One of our deputies that's also been uh, on the department longer than me, and he's actually been exclusively in Calabasas for 10 years, so he's got some perspective on this also. He, he wanted me to um, relay to the, to the city council and the citizens that he's really, really happy with the project, especially him working day shift and getting a lot of complaints from residents regarding um, high school students using that corridor during lunchtime to go to the commons to eat. They, he used to get a lot of complaints from citizens asking him to be there during those hours because, you know, the high school kids are speeding through there. He says, I mean, this was an unsolicited comment. He said that the, it's almost been eliminated. They, I mean, this, the speed reduction is remarkable. He's very happy about that. It's, it's given him a chance to, quite frankly, go to other areas and do enforcement instead of uh, sitting there, you know, on a regular basis. Um, and like I said, he's been at, it's exclusively in Calabasas for 10 years. And he's got some uh, perspective on, on the city and, this issue, and the issues in the city as well. Um, and that's, that's my comments regarding this issue. Thank you very much. Thank you, Detective. Okay. Um, council members, let's, uh, it's now time for any questions regarding the staff report. Uh, and then we'll, uh, as soon as you're done with the, that, we, we will go to our public comments. So does anyone have any questions that they'd like to ask of staff at this point? Yes, Councilwoman Mao. I, I have one question. And can you describe the procedure that the fire department reviews these types of changes and, and uh, how they came to the decision they did? Yeah, um, before we make any major changes like this, we always contact um, the schools or the school bus companies and the fire department. And we give them 
the design and we have them review it to see if they have any problems with it. So they're, they're involved before any construction begins. And, and, and it met their criteria for emergency situations, both going down Park Sorrento as well as going into the cul-de-sacs. We saw the video, I just wondered. They, yes. They must I mean, have it, tested it, it before or? No, it, it passed everything that they require. Right. Thank you. Any other questions for staff? Well, Councilman Bazajan. That leads me to one of the questions. If, if a truck is going along the street and wants to go into one of the cul-de-sacs, can it do that if it's on the opposite side of the street? In other words, if it want, if it was going from from say Park Aura to Park Granada, and it wanted to make a left into Park Adelpha, could it do that? Yes, Council Member. The way we designed this, if you notice, there is a buffer around the circle, and the islands are lower. So if it's a long truck, like moving truck. We designed them that the back wheel can go over this devices. It's not going to go in the landscape area, but it can drive over the stampstone area. And we had moving truck coming to this community and making a left turn, getting in. Well, cautiously, it's a residential neighborhood. It's 25 mile per hour speed zone. But we did not have any problem. We did not have a truck stuck in there that they call us that we can go help them to get out. Okay, was that part of the, the video kind of was a little odd the way it kind of sped up and went slow was was there a, a fire that's truck? the longest fire engine that it has oh. a lather but it, could it, did it make a left into the cul-de-sac they did not have any problem but did the video show that that do we have video footage of that no, no. we don't we don't have any problem but these yeah the, i want to add one numbers, thing the, the 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 design is such that a truck can drive over that median that center median can you put the picture up please that's I, why I, that that's why it's only I an wasn't inch. asking whether it could i'm just saying right. whether because i didn't see it yeah i, I just want to know no, that if picture didn't there show was it. video of the that fire yeah. truck making a left see what see what i mean is uh, let's say the top right instead of going straight going around that roundabout and going into the cul-de-sac. They, they, they can that. do it because what well, you see, what's odd about this is the back of this truck is also steered. Okay, the, does well, that make sense? There's a steering wheel for the back wheels in a- Tony, in a, also I wanna mention, if it's a fire and emergency, fire engine can drive anywhere they want. Opposite traffic, they do not have to follow the circle. Right. <laughs> so that given, they did came with the trailer and made all the manure. The only reason the movie was speed up, I think we didn't want to take a lot of time show up, but we got them out there to do the test drive. That was a test drive that they did. But if there is emergency, they will be going all over the traffic. When the siren comes out, everybody should pull over because fire engine needs to get to their destination. And that fire department has no problem with these devices. They can respond at the same time that they responded before. I would, have liked to, I would have liked to have seen that because that to me is one of the more important aspects of this is the public safety issues. Well, Council Member, we videotaped it. I'm sorry if it was fast-tracked, but the fire engine was there with the fire people and they drove it and they had no problem or concern. And, 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 and they checked it with the templates, how, how these things are checked when they're traffic checked. 
is the, the, the that goes to the fire department. The fire department looks at what the minimum distances for their trucks are, and then and then before it's ever built, they do the templates and and they approve the project. Or, and that's what happened. I just have one follow-up question. I didn't see parked cars there at the time. They can do all this maneuvering with cars parked. The fire the department can drive in the center of the road and make a right turn into the cul-de-sac if it's all the cars parked legally. Even if they are parked illegally at the intersection, the fire engine can go over that center median and access people. The ambulance, the trash truck, the bus, they can drive over. That's the way it's designed that this triangles, the bigger vehicle can easily go over them. You can see how little the curb is on the on, the, on the, uh, on the where the waste management truck is. See how, how uh, a truck, it, it, this is designed so that a truck can drive over that, over it. And that's, and that's, the, that's the reason that it's, that it's not the, the normal size of a curb, is so that it can be driven over. <laughs> okay. Um, are there any other questions from the council? Yeah, I had a, a follow-up to that question. When you were showing uh, the fire truck moving and it was going into a cul-de-sac, if there were cars there, it wouldn't have fit. It will. I it mean, will there was no cars It will go in the no center of the there. road and will drive over triangle. I wish I had fire department here. Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> you understand what you're I, I, I don't know. I'm not going to sit here and lie so to you that fire wait. engine cannot get in the cul-de-sac. Fire engine with the siren on will get into the cul-de-sac, no problem. With cars parked on, on both sides. Side. On, on, side side. side. on either side. They'll just go over It'll that go curb. The they'll put, they'll the put their wheels in between. See where Robert's pointing? They'll put the wheels in between that curb, and they'll drive over that curb down the middle of the road. And they'll be in the middle of the cul-de-sac. Exactly. The street is the exactly street. the same width that it was before. Okay. Um, my other question As a matter is, of fact, if, if there was a car parked there before, remember we made the, the, the point that you can't park, uh, what, it's 30 feet from the curb, correct? 20 feet. 20, uh, 20 feet from the curb. And so, and so it's from the intersection. From the intersection, the intersection. when the curb, now, now the fact that people parked there before is it, it, you can't park 20 feet from the, from the, from the turn there. Uh, and so no parking was taken away. So the first legal parking spot is down a ways. Even if people park closer. So obviously, so if, if a lot of complaints and emails that we've gotten says that there were parking spaces taken away. So those no. park, you're, so if the residents were parking there before, we never it enforced was it before because we don't want to just get in the weekend's life. The traffic is low. If somebody's doing illegal parking, we don't enforce it. Legally, per standard plan, we did not take away a parking at the intersection. 20 feet at each intersection, if somebody parks, is not illegal parking. Just imagine somebody parks right here at Park Granada and um, any other side street. You cannot park next to intersection. You create side distance problem. You create right turn problem. Okay. And that's why. But these are such a low streets that we don't enforce it because there's a minimum traffic in there. That's why we remove all the extra signage. We remove all the extra striping because we realize the length of the cul-de-sac is about 600, 500, feet so there is no high-speed approaching park Sorrento so we put minimum required by law the signage and guidelines for people <laughs> to navigate around those okay so when you 
have on here that you removed the advanced warning signs. Correct. Uh, Again, go back, it's go back, a speed go back, go back approach. A on cul-de-sacs, yeah, we did nine. not need for that. And on a park rental, right, we still right, have. That, that there. The advanced warning. See where it says before? See the, on, the upper, on the upper right, left, mm -hmm. I'm sorry. It says before. See that sign? Yeah. That sign is facing the cul-de-sac. And then in the and we took those signs out because we, we we said that that it's it's, it's speed approach was low was that, no that need we, for we, it. now the, the 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 state requirements requires that sign. I mean when you look at the when you look at correct at the, the design standard requires you to have that and the sign simply says merge to right make a loop around but you realize we took the risk on that one to, to declutter the signage for for the aesthetics of the neighborhood and said that probably that sign even though it's required for this device that we could that we could reasonably take it down but and if there did. was an accident wouldn't that if be there a was lawsuit? A, if there no was we a, can defend it because again the length of the cul-de-sac does not allow people approach with a high speed it's a residential street. They should be driving 25 miles per hour, approaching a cross street that the yield sign, that's why we put the small one in there that they need to yield for the traffic on Park Sorrento. Okay, my other question was, um, before putting them in, we used a traffic report from 2008. Is there a reason why we didn't do a newer one? Are you talking about the speed survey or you're talking about traffic? The, the 2008 traffic report that you based that's on. a speed survey speed survey gets done every 10 years and that's why we are using what is on the books right now and those speed surveys are in the court so if somebody challenges their ticket the judge has copy of those speed yeah. surveys yeah, those that are certified and stamped by engineer they're used to set the speed limits on the road and that's why robert said that we'll be coming back to set different speed limits based on the new the new uh, uh, surveys now okay any further questions from the council well just so I understand so no parking you're saying was taken off of Park Sorrento no parking spaces were lost if you look at original picture it was a no parking go, go back sign go back on Park picture. Sorrento go back, go back and show the original picture okay, okay. right right there that it's one important there. that 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 Everyone who puts in a card will have a chance to speak, but we just need now, to be able if, to. If you look at that picture, Councilman on the left, this is one lane. This is not a parking lane and, and another lane. That's what, a two way left turn in the center and a travel before. lane on each side of the road. That's how it well, was. The question was did we lose any parking spaces on Park Sorrento as a result of this? Not within the cul de sacs. You can see no, the picture I, of you're no, explaining. No, no, no. There's a okay, two way look, left turn. Not on Park Sorrento Did we either. lose any parking spaces on Park Sorrento as a result of this project? I don't no. care whether it was next to the cul-de-sac, whether it was down the street. Did we lose any parking spaces? No. Okay. Okay. Are there any further questions for, uh, with regard to the staff report? All right. We, the council, we have about 15 speakers. Did you want to take a break now or you want to hear from the speakers first? Well, if we took a five-minute break, because if, you, cause if you're planning to do it afterwards, you know, they might want to hear what the react, our comments were. Well, what, what, whatever you prefer. I know that sometimes when we get around this time, you guys like to take a break. That's why I was asking. I can go either I way. Take a short break. All right. But we nothing will, longer. 
we will take a uh, five-minute break. Let's try to keep it to five minutes. And at uh, 8.45, we'll come back, and then we'll start with our speaker cards.
All right. Welcome back to everyone. We're at the City Council meeting on February 12th, 2014, and we are discussing the Park Sorrento traffic calming uh, evaluation report. I have, we are at the time for public comment. Uh, when I call your name, uh, if you fill out a card, I'm going to call your name. When I call your name, come forward to the microphone, and you'll have up to three minutes to speak. Again, there's a little light here. When it goes on the yellow light, that means you have 30 seconds left, and, uh, and it's time to wrap up your comments, and then in three minutes, we'll move to the next speaker. The first speaker is Eileen Sondheim. Thank you, Mr. Mayor, City Council. I'm trying to make my comments brief. I have made my home, my husband and I have made our home, on Park Jacaranda for 40 years. In that time, we've seen a lot of changes. You can only imagine if you've only been here a few years. Most of those changes were very good. What we watched develop on Park Sorrento over the years was a major boulevard with high-speed traffic. It just, one day we sort of woke up and it just was high-speed traffic and a major boulevard, and that's not where we, what we moved into. It came so slowly that we sort of didn't realize it, but ultimately it became a huge problem. And we realized that when the traffic was open from Valmar, which it wasn't originally, from Valmar to Park Sorrento, because of the high school on the east and because of the commons on the west, the traffic was just impossible. That was the bad part. Today it's all good. As far as I'm concerned, what the city has done, the traffic calming and beautification project that we have there today is the best thing that's happened in Calabasas in 40 years. We are observing less traffic. You heard it from the sheriff tonight. I was pleased to hear that there's something to back up what I've been observing myself. There's less traffic and we have an, our home is now in a residential neighborhood. We don't live next to a boulevard. We're in on Park Jacaranda in one of the cul-de-sacs. So I'm really here tonight to say thank you. And there are a lot of my neighbors who would also like to say thank you. So we typed up a little sheet. I'll just read it to you, it'll be brief. The Calabasas residents listed below would like to thank the city of Calabasas, the city council, and in particular, the traffic and the landscape departments for their efforts in completing the traffic calming and beautification project on Park Sorrento. A big thank you, Mr. Mayor, I'll give this to you. You can hand it to the city clerk. Okay. Thank you very much. Next, Don, is it Ianata? What? I'm sorry if I, oh, I see. I have Vanatta, yes, yes, yes. The slash from your date looks like an I, but. It's Don Van Atta. Don, thank you. Welcome. Uh, thank you. Uh, I came originally tonight to thank uh, the council and uh, uh, Tony Corrales, city manager, and uh, Mr. Mayor, uh, for that whole project with the cul-de-sacs, uh, excuse me, not the cul-de-sacs, but the turn roundabouts, because they're just right. I mean, they're doing exactly what they were designed to do. Uh, the slower traffic is uh, visually obvious, as well as you know, what the statistics were. Uh, and 
there is uh, one small thing I'll talk about later. The thing I've discovered after I got here, however, was there is a sheet being circulated here that has an absolutely enormous number of names on it, which is strictly bogus, 100%, and it should, you just have to ignore it because there are a number of names on that list. The, the heading on the list is people who are against the roundabouts, four pages of names, tightly spaced. There's probably 200 names on it. I know of at least six names on it that are definitely not against it. They are definitely for it because uh, on this uh, list that you just got here, some of those names are on that list and they are for it. And obviously I am as well. So when you see that list, you, you really just have to uh, disregard it. It's just totally bogus. So uh, they need to generate a new list or forget their crusade uh, because these, this needs to stay as it is. Uh, the other part of it, part two, was the beautification, which it really has. You know, it's uh, got great uh, carpet roses there now and grass on the, on the, on the medians. And... Uh, uh, probably 18 or 20 uh, crepe myrtle trees, which are not beautiful now because they're, bare, they're, they're deciduous. In the springtime, there's going to be a row of beautiful color there from those trees. The alternate trees are sycamores, which are also very nice trees. And so the look of it will be even better at that time. But please, please, please leave it as it is. It works, it looks good, and it should stay as it is. Thank you. Thank you, Don. <laughs> Sheila uh, Zolkowitz, is that right? Yeah. Sheila, welcome. Thank you very much. I want to start out by thanking uh, Robert Yalda, and I think it was Michael. They talked to me last summer in August and listened to me when I complained about the uh, thing in the middle of the street, and I complained about the lack of pedestrian crossing. They made both of the crossing bigger and the other one smaller. I went over, Mr. Yalda, your report inch by inch, and I want to respond to some of that. So according to the traffic circles, I think that they are too big. And I think that the cars are going too fast. Today I was walking at um, 12 o'clock, and a lady was going too fast. She ran over the curb, hit the reflector, and had a huge blowout. Uh, my feeling, there were people here, I don't know if they were from the traffic department, if they, heard, if they heard it, is that thank God that car didn't tumble over. I think there has to be a 25 mile an hour zone all the way through, and I think the sign has to start by the tennis club across the street. There's a big open space, so it wouldn't be in front of anybody's house and nobody would be upset, but we need a 25 mile an hour zone. Um, I, you know, I, I'm listening to your traffic report, and I'm living there, and I'm listening to my other neighbors. I'm not observing what they're observing. I walk my dog. I walk that area five miles a day. I see cars from, from maybe 4 o'clock through 6, 7, that's coming home time. They're not driving 25 miles an hour. They're not driving 30 miles an hour. They're driving 40 or 50 miles an hour. And the, the uh, circle is like a kind of a fun thing to see. And my husband and I stand there and watch them go through without applying their brakes. The other day, I had to pull over to let somebody pass me because they didn't like that I was going 25 miles an hour and they were in my trunk. I went, I went to cross the street, and I don't know, because there's no you know, crossing going this way, and um, a car 
came, I yelled in their window, and the guy in the bike said, now you know how I feel. I mean, in my mind, the traffic has not abated. At the times you gave, maybe because those are lunch times, but not at the coming home work time and not at the um, after school time. And it would be nice if the um, police department, I, I think they were there yesterday, could be there more often just to talk to people. The yield signs, there's three yield signs. People don't understand what those are. They don't yield. I, when I come out of Jacaranda, that's where I live, I don't even, I just wait till everybody goes because occasionally someone will stop for me, but most of the time nobody does stop for me. They just keep on going. So those signs, they need you know, information or the police just to stop them, not give them a ticket, but explain what yield means. Um, for my, uh, the parking, I hear what you're saying about it, well, it's illegal parking, but for me, I've lost parking. When we have a holiday dinner, there's no more parking. There was parking on my side of the street. So I guess my time is up. The emergency vehicles, God forbid an emergency. How much time is going to be lost for that fire truck or that ambulance to come into the cul-de-sac? Um, so I would like to add speed bumps, make them a little bit bigger, traffic circles smaller, at least one speed limit sign closer to the traffic circles, and enforce the yield signs. Thank you. Thank you very much. I'm trying not to cut people off when the buzzer goes off, but if, you, if it does get to that time, please, if you could finish your sentence or two, and then uh, we can move on, because we do have a lot of speakers. And the next one is Lynn Kabakoff. No, this is your time. <laughs> but welcome, and we look forward to your comments. Hello, and thank you for letting me speak. Um, I spoke last meeting. Um, just a couple comments that I disagree. Unfortunately, I have had the paramedics at our house for my mom, and respectfully, you're wrong. It is an issue, paramedics and for the fire truck. It definitely slowed them down. Second of all, I had a huge moving van, couldn't get through. I had to pay them extra, and I brought that in the last meeting. Third of all, um, Councilman Bazajian also mentioned overkill, and it's definitely overkill. You do not need three of those uh, cul-de-sacs for three entries on the streets, not even four entries. Um, I won't reiterate because I don't want to waste my time about the yield sign. You will get killed if you try to go, like going south, uh, north to south there on the cul-de-sacs. There's a yield sign, but technically going north, you do not have a yield at, at that intersection. So what happens is the people going south will kill you. They'll run you over. Um, I don't know how you figure out the speed limit. You're wrong. Um, it's, it's, I'm sorry. We talked about this in the last meeting. Going up to the first cul-de-sac, people are still going 40, 50 miles an hour. They do think of it as a game. They run through. You can almost go straight going north, uh, south to north now through the cul-de-sacs. And then they speed up again. Um, the other thing you mentioned that it's, I hate to use the word illegal, it's not proper, let's say, to take out the yield sign. If that's the case, why didn't you just put stop signs in? I know it's according to the code, you're not supposed to use stop signs. That's not the point. If you can take out a yield sign, 
why didn't you leave in the humps or bumps and put in, in you know, stop signs? Point is, if you can break the law, so to speak, for taking out a yield sign, why couldn't you do something that would be better for the community? Um, it is not safe. I won't reiterate points I said last time. I want to thank you for the notices you gave. I think someone learned their lesson. No, no mention that sometimes people don't tell the whole truth. None of us, and we have proof, did not get notice till May of 2013, May, June, excuse me, for the project to start, I think, two or three weeks later. Homeowners did not. When, as I understand, it was approved January of 2012, according to the letter even. So no homeowners got notices. Um, I thank you for your time. Thank you very much. Our next speaker is Alan Kabakoff. Welcome, Alan. Thank you. <clears throat> well, in listening to the uh, Prefect Department's uh, presentation, it, it appeared to me that maybe they were cherry-picking their data a little bit over the, uh, the speed study. Um, as we all know, there was a lot of experimentation with speed humps uh, along Park Sorrento um, through the years. And I can't help but believe that some of that um, higher speeds in 2008 were uh, caused by different uh, traffic control system that was in place um, before um, and, and after. So I think that influenced the results. Um, <clears throat> I also noticed in the pictures that they showed that they only showed fire trucks and garbage trucks making right-hand turns in the cul-de-sacs, no left-hand turns. Um, and our uh, observations are that, that it's quite cumbersome. Um, and, and I do believe we did lose parking. But the root cause for, for the high traffic volumes on Park Sorrento were twofold. One was, of course, the opening of the commons. But the other one was uh, when Calabasas Road by the, uh, um, the cantina was narrowed and the parking was removed, that drove more traffic onto Park Sorrento. Um, so I think that that was, was a nice change there, but it, it changed the traffic patterns because of it and, and caused this problem. Um, so I, I, they look beautiful, uh, but they're not practical. The road just appears to be too narrow to support that type of uh, a design. Uh, thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, David Becker is our next speaker. Welcome, David. Good evening, Mr. Mayor, members of the council and staff. Uh, my name is David Becker. I'm not a resident of the city. Um, my parents live in the area affected. Uh, they couldn't be here tonight, so I'm speaking at their request and on their behalf. Um, the speed study outlined by the, uh, in the staff report is about a small sampling. Those who live in the neighborhood would, would paint a different picture for you. As mentioned, the roundabouts uh, tend to be treated more like an obstacle course rather than a traffic calmer. Um, the residents didn't see any visual speed monitors, such as the ones that are on Mulholland Highway that will alert motorists of their speed limit so that they maybe could have a visual understanding versus just a, a graph to be presented in the report. Um, the photos, drawings, and the, and the video in the report show clear navigation, but when you look at those curbs, you'll notice they're all scuffed up black tire marks, um, people hitting curbs often. Um, there's been no discernible changes to traffic patterns, and again, the yield signs are generally ignored. 
particularly when traveling towards the commons when a driver wishes to turn left into one of the cul-de-sacs. Um, many residents um, are still perplexed as to the function and necessity of the splitter islands. Uh, while the action by the city to initially widen the crosswalks was commendable, there still is a great deal of trepidation from pedestrians uh, in the crosswalks, particularly when a vehicle is approaching uh, myself. Um, the thought never occurred to me to look behind me while I'm entering a crosswalk until I started walking my dog down that street. So I'm always cognizant of what's behind me as I go into the crosswalk. Uh, the majority of speeding was going on between Park Adelphi and Park Aura, and there's been no noticeable change in that regard. Speed humps, which not necessarily aesthetically the most pleasing, would have been less expensive to install, less expensive to maintain, and would uh, require zero water in today's drought emergency. Uh, it would have been a better choice, and uh, hope that the city would reconsider their the traffic calming choice. Uh, and lastly, with regards to the fire engine, the hook and ladder, no doubt it'll get, it'll make its way there, but in a, in a fire emergency where every second counts, if your house is the last one in the cul-de-sac and you see that the truck has to take extra amount of time to get there, I think that would be concerning to most of you. Thanks. Okay. Our next speaker is Jack Hertz. Welcome. Thank you, Mayor and City Council. Uh, my name is Jack Hertz. Um, my wife is Cheryl Feldman, and she couldn't be here tonight because she's got this incredibly horrible uh, flu, so I'm taking over. <clears throat> Most everything that I would say has already been said, um, and I really had some questions regarding your, your information. Uh, one of the main questions I have is, when you say a speed study, are you talking about from one end to the other, or are you talking about just where the cul-de-sacs are? Well, what, we're, what we do, I'm gonna, we're gonna take down the questions, and then after all the public testimony, I, I will ask the staff to answer the questions that were raised, so we don't do it Okay, this the, way. the reason we're, why we're I'm asking is because time, so. the, the wisdom of having these three cul-de-sacs, which actually um, impact the, the residents on these cul-de-sacs, and not the people anywhere else, um, once they get past that, they, they got, the drivers have free reign. They can go as fast as they want, and, and it makes no difference. And it, going up to the cul-de-sacs, so it's just that small area, which really just impacts all of us, is if they are going to slow down, which they don't, they're going to do it in that, those cul-de-sacs. But then after that, there's nothing really to keep them from from speeding up, so well, I don't really understand, and nor does anybody else who is against this project. Um, you know what 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 the purpose actually is. So, um, you know that I would really like to to hear that. I'd really like to hear how this the speed um, is actually um, figured out and understand that. Um, the other thing is. Again, I would like to reiterate these, these uh, yield signs. I have myself been in a situation where somebody is approaching, they have the, the, the I, I'm on, uh, excuse me, I'm on uh, uh, Park Adelpha, and I come out to uh, Park Sorrento, and there's a car coming, there's a yield sign for them, and it looks like they might, they might yield, 
and then at the last minute they don't, and I'm on my way out, and you know, I just I'm avoiding the accident, not the yield sign. So, I and I I know I've heard this from other people. So the the fact that there hasn't been an accident is not because of any safety measures. It's because we're just so hyper vigilant that we're going to get creamed if we don't pay attention to what's going on. But it it does give you a sense of a false sense of security. Um, and also, th those islands, when, those, when, when there is a truck, or when there is a truck that is there, it makes it almost impossible to get in or get out. Thank you. Thank you very much. Our next speaker is Clement Cohen. And uh, Roger Feinblum will be next, just so you're in the on deck, sir. Thank you. Honorable Mayor. Welcome. City Council. Um, my wife and I would like to first commend the City Council as always doing a great job. Uh, we get the news, we read the papers, we're very happy with this. Um, I spoke to the City Council uh, probably two years before they even thought of putting these circles in when I walked my dogs in the morning, my two labs, and at night. And I'll, I came here and I said, I don't think anything will be done, unfortunately, unless something tragically happens. Well, fortunately, nobody did get killed, but the issue came about and the circles were put in. I felt that the city, not the city council, but um, the, we dropped the ball on the, uh, on the circles. I don't think we need three in three blocks. I mentioned that at the last meeting. That's an overkill. I don't like the fact that people said there was no loss of parking, which is incorrect. There was no signs that said no parking. That should be corrected. I have no problem with what people say, but keep it straight. Let's not exaggerate it, and let's not say there was no signs. People that I know uh, down the street on Park Sereno, a lot of parking was lost. Now, the issue of the island, which I think someone mentioned that they just go over it, that's fine. Well, if you go over it, eliminate it. It's just a useless island. Useless. And the part where it bows in, and you're driving this way, and the bow is here, and people are walking across, they're really scared because you're facing them, and it's close to where you turn the corner. I mean, where you go around the circle. That should be thought of. It should be in a little bit. It should be, the island should be removed, and the pedestrian walk should be further into the cul-de-sac. I think that would be a big help. But, you know, a couple things that people have to understand is that we live there. I live on Park Adelpha. I stand on the corner. I see the people still s speeding at a good rate. And if any of you want to challenge me, I'm happy to go out with a couple of our neighbors and meet you at 7 in the morning, 6 in the afternoon, and I'll sit there with you. It's not 27 miles an hour. You see the dark black marks on the curb, and I don't want to be redundant because everybody has sort of said everything. But the actual thing, too, is the cost of putting those in versus trying some stop signs, trying them. They don't work, go to the next step. 
and then putting speed bumps. If any of you been to Ralph's on, I'm just, I'm sorry, Ralph's on uh, Victory across from Home Goods where you go to uh, Home Depot, those speed bumps, you don't dare go anywhere fast. But again, thank you. I appreciate all the effort. Thank you very much. Roger F Feinblum. Yes, those are the speed bumps when you're going to the old Lemley Theater, now the AMC Theater with the great seats. Those are, those are they're on private property, they're all, but those do scrape the bottom of your, uh, of your car. I know the ones you're talking about. Mr. Mayor. Yes, sir. Council. Welcome. Welcome. Myself. I hate to be repetitious, you've heard it all, but I live on the corner of Parker Delta, and I'm hearing things here that are not true. And if these people were to come out, I walk a little black and white dog three, four times a day. I'm out on that corner. Number one, it's unsafe. The speed has not been reduced five miles an hour, not alone fifth 13. So I think it's time that perhaps the council should come out. That's not unreasonable. See what we're all talking about. And you will see that what you've heard tonight is not necessarily the truth. Uh, I was there the day of the fire truck. The fire truck came, you had a man photographing, you had a woman sitting in the back of the uh, hook and ladder, as it's known, this big truck, and she's laughing and waving at everyone. The truck came into Parker Delpha and could not get out. Well, I was standing next to an employee of Calabasas, and I said, what would you do if there was a fire now? And he said, well, the fire department would send a smaller truck. Well, that's not bad, being that these are two-story homes and children's bedrooms are in the second floor. That's why there is such a thing as a hook and ladder, to use that ladder on the truck. So what we're talking about here is serious safety issues which have been gleamed over for the sake of perhaps a few miles an hour, which isn't true either. If you come out and see the speed going from Park Aura to the Commons, we wouldn't be here tonight seeing what we've accomplished. And as far as the beauty that you've instilled, come and see what that now looks like. Perhaps in the center it's still fine, but on the other side of Park Sorrento, the water has stopped, it's rotten, it has become a bathroom for dogs, and it, it's just terrible. So we've accomplished nothing. My suggestion, do away with the whole project, repave it, go back to what the street has been for 40 years. Thank you. Okay. Uh, Saria Kraft is next. And uh, Rick Paval will be after that. Welcome. Mr. Mayor and members of the City Council, first I'd like to thank you, Mr. Mayor, for being kind to me in December when I came before the Council um, to uh, complain or share my concerns about communications uh, between the City and the residents on this project. Um, Council Member Martin, I heard you tonight when you opened your mouth and said, do the residents know about this uh, Lost Hills project? You've got the message. And I think everybody does, and I really appreciate what you said tonight about the Lost Hills residents. And, and above all, I'd like to thank uh, Councilmember Council Bazagian 
for taking the time to go one by one by one down the street where I told him that three people on my, I've got nine people on my street, three of them have died in the last, in less than three years. Uh, three of my neighbors have um, insulin diabetics and this, that, and the other thing, 85, 84, 80 this, 80 that, you know. It's, it's, uh, I'm worried, okay? My husband's 92, I said that in December. I'm worried about health and safety. Um, what I want to say here is that many, if not most of us in the room, have children. And at one time in our lives, we've said to our children, act your age. There are some times where I want to say to the city of Calabasas, sometimes, please act your size. Act your size. I lived in Malibu for nine years. I've covered school districts uh, for newspapers in the most affluent communities in San Marino and in, I, you know, just a lot of affluent communities. And I, I understand how affluent communities and small communities of this size work. But act your size. It's a two, it's, it's over the top, it's overkill, it's ill-conceived, it's, uh, uh, act your size, okay. It, this is not P Park Calabasas or Park Granada, it's a two-lane street without bicycle lanes and at the very least take out one of those things. I mean, I've, everybody has said it, three in that short a time, what were you thinking? Okay, now, um, the fire department, at what, I'd love to know what speed that fire engine was going, the hook and ladder, I didn't see it. It was cut, the first part of it, it, it it's, it, no, 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 no. The end of it, I didn't see the, uh, the rear of it go around, uh, not good. Uh, I didn't see a tractor trailer. I didn't see somebody who maybe wanted to bring in a kayak or an electric craft, uh, you know, what's it gonna do to uh, the realtors in town when they say, can I get a, a, a huge, I didn't see a big Beacons moving van. I saw a FedEx truck, really? A FedEx truck? No. How about we get a real Beacons thing in there and a real tractor trailer, get up the guy with a boat or his little jet ski or whatever, let's see the video, tell us how many speeds, show it. I'm sure Arvin can help you out. Okay, uh, it's an awkward project. What else? Um, Response time. I'm going to ask really, you to wrap up your comments, please. Yeah. Okay. And drought-resistant plants. You know, did anybody? Dis it's unnecessary. All that plant business. Thank you so much. Appreciate your help. Thank you. Rick Koval. And uh, next will be. Is it Tama? Tama. Lictig. Lictig Volan. Yes, you're next. Thank you. Rick, Council thank you. Mayor, Welcome. Uh, pleasure to be here. And uh, I, I, I was one of the ones that was skeptical at first when they put in. I was, why, why have, have these uh, turnarounds, you know, overkill, three of them? Um, since they've been put in, uh, I think the complaints, and respectfully from our, our neighbors here, the uh, speed is really. Is something that maybe the sheriff department should be looking at. You know, enforce the new new law and the new. Um, excuse me, I'm a little nervous here. Uh, but the new laws and uh, that will affect the turnaround turnabouts. People do not slow down. I have to uh, admit, for people when I'm pulling out of the uh, 
where I live in Park Jacaranda, they uh, do not yield, which they should, because I'm the first one in, in, in the uh, turnaround. So um, I think it's just training people. Now that they're in, I think they're beautiful. I think they're nice and, uh, you know, something to, you know, make the neighborhood look nice. So that's pretty much all I have to say. And uh, thank you. Thank you, Rick. Okay. Tama, you're next. Hey, you can't say my name, but that's okay. <laughs> Did you, team? Tema. Tema. Hi, I, good I evening, apologize. Everyone. First, I want to say I think you did a great job with beautification, but as far as slowing down traffic, it has not worked. I also live on the corner of Park Adelpha and Sorrento, not with Roger, across the street. And I see that traffic, and it's bad. And I've got to admit, the roundabouts are a lot of fun to go around. And sometimes, midnight, one in the morning, I can hear some cars drag racing or whatever. But I think it's in there. I think it's beautiful. And I think what you have to do now is slow the traffic down. And the only way I see of doing that is putting in some real honest-to-goodness speed bumps. I think that's the only thing that's, that's going to work on that street at this point. So that's all I have to say. I hope you take my suggestion. I feel the same about the yields. Most people, they don't know what yield means, unfortunately. So I think a stop sign could be a bit of a problem because every car would stop and that would really slow down traffic. So the only way to go is with the speed bumps and I hope I solved your problems this evening. Thank you very much. Uh, Richard Sondheim. And next is Mark Mal Maltus. I'm sorry. Malter. Mark, you're next. Thank you, Mayor, Mayor and City Council. Uh, I've lived with Eileen for 40 years since they were new. And uh, in, since they opened Park Sereno at the end, the traffic has become more. And I was president of the Homeowners Association a number of years ago. And all the complaints that I heard from neighbors were there were so many cars on that street. All of a sudden, a lot of traffic. And they complained about the speed. Now, I believe that when you put this in, and I'm in favor, I think they look great. It has reduced the number of cars. I think if the traffic department, I don't know if you will check that out, but more people are now going up around uh, to Capri, out on Park Renata, where there's a, a light where they can make a left turn. So we don't see, I don't see as many of the kids coming down that street anymore that, that we had before. And the aesthetics, uh, I understand somebody that came in the neighborhood looking at a house, when they saw that, they said, you know, this is a beautiful looking neighborhood with the beautiful landscaping and trees in the street and uh, the area, and it was uh, made the place look like a very nice residential area. So we appreciate it, been there a long time, and I'm certainly with all the traffic problems we had, I think that this is a beginning of changing that. And yes, the speed limit signs maybe need to be changed, but I also have to tell everyone, when you come out of your, your, your street, and I live in Park Jack Rand, there's also a yield sign there. Now what we have to educate is the kids in school that the person in the circle has the right of way. And uh, some people don't understand that. They will just come, they think they're on the main street. But 
there are yield signs on all three sides, and uh, if people will understand that, I, we would appreciate it if you could educate people to do that. Thank you very much, gentlemen. Ladies. Thank you. Mark Malter, <clears throat> and after Mark is Richard Sherman. Thank you. Thank Welcome. you, Mr. Mayor, council people, persons. Um, six months ago, I spoke against this proposition. Uh, I had one major concern at that time, and that was a lack of uh, notice and due process and opportunity for the community and my neighbors to say something. I have to say at this point, I'm very proud to be a part of this community because I like the vibrant debate. <laughs> no, yes, yes, <laughs> no. And I enjoyed watching the city council members be a part of that debate and listen with intent and sensitivities. I thank Councilman uh, Bozadjian for coming by my house and personally giving me an invitation to come today. I appreciate Councilperson Martin understanding that notice is important no matter which neighborhood we're dealing in. Having said that, I think there still is an issue as far as the um, fire trucks are concerned. Um, I've got neighbors here who are most concerned about trucks coming down, fire trucks, hook and ladder trucks coming down to their um, their cul-de-sacs, and I think it's a it's something that needs to be explored. Perhaps we need another video and see the truck actually go from various directions into it to satisfy the neighbors whose homes are directly affected. I have one very personal problem, my wife and myself. Uh, Misty uh, Malter is a real estate person here in the community. And um, our complaint is we are the only home directly facing on Park Sorrento that has our driveway on Park Sorrento that has had all of our parking eliminated by the very first, the very first cul-de-sac or very first turn thing uh, as you come from, Calib uh, from the um, commons down the street. We are right there at the access road. So we have absolutely no parking on Park Sorrento where we had four spaces before. According to my, my wife, our home has just depreciated significantly in value because even the brokers can't park in front of the home. So I would ask, perhaps we could have uh, a side dialogue as to what that, if that can be corrected at all. Um, I, for direction purposes, I'm the very first home right there at the access road, and we are the only home of all these people whose home is directly on Park Sorrento that has been eliminated by the parking, no parking signs on Park Sorrento. How many parking spaces you have on your driveway? Can you mention that? Two. And on-street parking calls overflow. I don't mean to create a dialogue, but that's what it yeah, is. I understand that, and you explained that before. Unfortunately, real estate doesn't un understand that, and friends and family who want to come and visit me don't understand that. And if you've eliminated all the parking on Park Sorrento, I have no parking whatsoever. All right, anyway. Robert, we'll, we'll take a look at the map when we uh, go no back problem. to discussion. Good. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, Richard Sherman, and then our last speaker card is Walt Jennings after Mr. Sherman. Welcome, Richard. Yeah, hi, I'm Richard Sherman, uh, Calabasas resident and president of the Calabasas Park Homeowners Association. And I appreciate the opportunity to, to briefly speak before city council this evening. Um, 
CPHA in working with the city has been involved in a, a very long and arduous and extensive process that dated back to 2004 when there was an agreement signed between CPHA and the city. Uh, and our task was to consult with all the Calabasas Park Homeowners Association to recommend uh, traffic mitigation and beautification projects. And these were intended for the benefit of Calabasas Park uh, residents and the Calabasas, Calabasas uh, Park residents and Calabasas residents in general. Uh, we established the Capital Improvements Community, uh, Committee. We canvassed all the Calabasas Park Homeowners Association. We communicated with all the HOA presidents. We had public, we had notices in, in our annual meetings and different forums within our association. Um, in December uh, 2012, uh, after getting many, many different proposals from uh, different uh, associations, we, we reviewed them and we recommended to, to the city the most appropriate and beneficial projects. And I was here when, when they, were re, uh, they were brought before city council, reviewed, I think somewhere on PowerPoint. Um, and um, of course the goal in some of these, you know, besides beautification was slower speeds, decreasing accidents, safety. Um, and, and specifically about uh, Park Sorrento, we heard over and over about uh, it was a thoroughfare. It was a secret freeway in the city of Cal, in, in, our, in our parkway. Um, the projects, and it wasn't just this one project. There were a number of projects that the city council, uh, the city evaluated and approved. And, and we're frankly uh, proud of the, uh, the results. Uh, uh, there was the construction of the Bay Laurel Elementary School drop-off uh, place, so uh, parents could drive in, let their children off, not in the middle of the street on Parkway Calabasas. Um, in addition to the Park Sorrento traffic calming and beautification project, there's a traffic signal now at Park Granada and Park Capri, where there were many, many accidents before. And there's also with a small median island on Park, uh, Parkway Calabasas and Paseo Primaria where there had been these little cones that people would keep going over and over. You know, we recommended uh, what we thought were the most beneficial projects to the city. We, you know, we're not engineers. We value the professional staff. We value uh, uh, the expertise of uh, Mr. Yalda and his team, and in fact, last night our board uh, unanimously uh, approved a resolution thanking the city council and uh, Mr. Corrales and the whole team for all the, the work that you've done. So thank you very much. Thank you. Uh, Walt Jennings is the last public comment card I have. Welcome, Walt. Thank you. <laughs> Good evening, everyone. I'm Walt Jennings, and uh, I reside in Las Feliz, Calabasas. I hate to hear all these things going on, because obviously everybody has their own opinion about things, but I'll tell you one thing. I might as well say, my whole life has been safety, okay? I grew up as a kid knowing about safety. I was an Air Force pilot. I'm a retired airline pilot. And I tell you, when you talk about speed and not having it reduced, that's wrong. I'm the only person tonight that stands here that lives between Park Adelpha and Park Aurora, okay? And 
Since those turnabouts have been put in, I can tell you that I don't see many high school kids coming by anymore like they used to. If you want bigger speed bumps, I've addressed this before before you. They'll just love those speed bumps to see how high they can make their cars go. But now that you've got the circles in there, the kids have cut down their speed and a lot of them are not even coming. I've been retired the whole 14 years I've been sitting there and I've been very active here at Las Velas during that time. So I've seen it all. I'm pretty sure I know what goes on. And uh, I've heard other things mentioned that, uh, you know, the, the kids uh, are continuing to do what they've been doing, and I don't think so. I think now that we have those turnabouts and the kids know the sheriff is around and uh, thank God they uh, keep everybody under control, that's what I call safety. And I'd hate to lose that in any way, shape, or form. So I thank everybody at this city for what you've done to put the time and effort into these things, and I hope this is only a beginning. Uh, the fire trucks, a lot of you people said you were there when the fire trucks went in. I didn't hear anybody say they talked to the driver of the fire trucks and asked them how much time they would lose going to the fire. If I were driving the fire truck, I wouldn't lose a second, okay? They're going to go right over anything they have to go over to get there. If the fire is burning, they're going to be there the same time, okay? So that's a dead issue. Uh, beautification. I love the city. We're working hard. My wife and I have been working hard at Las Villas for all the landscaping we do. And thank God we've got great people at the city who have been working with us, and it's really nice. And I hope it gets better. But as the trees grow up along that street, and more people are walking now, and they're walking on the other side of the street. In the spring and summer when it's hot, these trees grow up. They're going to love to walk over there with the shade. Okay? It's good for everybody. And I think that uh, that's so important because if people are afraid to walk on the other side of the street where we live, because of the crosswalks there, they don't have to walk there. They can walk on the other side. And they're much safer because they have it separated from the traffic. So uh, I think that all in all, I like what I see out there. Uh, I have neighbors that came to me and thanked me for the work I've been doing and thanked me uh, for putting that in. And I said, look, I attended the very first meetings here at the city when they started with the city. I was there. I was the only person. I attended the first two meetings and I knew what was going on. And we talked about the number of cars, speed, safety, and parking. That was the big thing. I was representing our homeowners, okay? And from well, that your, on... Your time is up. Okay. okay. Well, I think you got my picture. I know what's going on, and I think it's very good, and I'd hate to lose any of it now. I like it. Thank you. See, Walt had the trick down. When you're over your time, you just continue a run-on sentence. You don't get to a period, and then I, it's hard for me to get in and say your time is up. So. All right. First of all, let me thank everyone who came tonight. Uh, we very much value your opinions. Someone said they hate having this. We, of course, hate having this. No one went to do this project because someone wasn't going to like it. But um, everyone gave very thoughtful comments and, and, uh, and very helpful. There was one email from someone who couldn't be here tonight, Stephanie Williams, uh, who generally said that she likes it and thinks it's uh, safer. So that was put into the record uh, earlier. Right, that I didn't, uh, I didn't say. So you're gonna comment on those? Okay. Um, 
What I'd like to do is I'd like to have the staff um, address some of the questions that were raised uh, during the testimony. I'm going to go through a list and then, because in your uh, response comments, I'd like you to cover these issues as well as anything else that you'd like to cover. Mr. Hertz talked about the speed study, um, the issue of speeding before and after the area where the roundabouts is, uh, you know, so more towards Park Oro or towards the Commons, um, and talked about the yield signs and how those work, and, and uh, I know the city has experience with yield signs in other areas of the city. Uh, um, Mr. Cohen talked about the fact that uh, this issue of no loss of parking, that there was a loss of parking. I would like you to go through that, um, both in terms of the cul-de-sacs and in terms of Park Sorrento. Um, there was a discussion about um, moving the crosswalk back on the, this would be on the, uh, I'm calling it the west side. Is it the west? The west side is where you have the crosswalks through the, um, through the uh, roundabouts and moving the crosswalk further into the cul-de-sac. Um, speed bumps, a number of the speakers talked about speed bumps. Obviously the street had speed, I believe what are called speed humps, not speed bumps. Uh, and uh, you can talk about the use of those two different devices and, and why you do them and don't do them in certain places. Um, the fire, there was an issue of the fire. Uh, someone said then the hook, hook and ladder. I'd like you to go over again um, all the places in the process where the fire department is involved in terms of pl uh, planning, plan check, inspection, so forth. Um, another... Uh, Tima had talked about the speed bumps as well. We covered that. Mr. Malter talked about the front parking in front of his house, um, and that was an, a new issue that I was I was unaware specifically of the situation at his house. So maybe we can pull up the photo and take a look at uh, at that. Um, so those are the issues that I wrote down that I'd like you to cover when you do your uh, response, as well as any other issues that you would like to cover. Thank you. Sure. Thank you, Mr. Mayor. Council member and resident. Uh, first thing as a traffic engineer, I want to say your perception when you're walking on a sidewalk and looking at a car approaching you definitely is different than if you drive along and you see it. So typically the study as engineering that we have done, if you're standing on a corner and seeing a car approaching you, your visual or your feeling is that car is about five to 10 miles faster than what is actually doing. Um, to do that, we have um, speed radar that the staff takes with them is the size of the cell phone and it's a new technology. You pretty much take the approach and we have staff done this speed study even at peak hour and all other times to verify what we are doing. We take hundreds of samples as it was mentioned. Now I understand residents have concern why we didn't do it at late night, why we don't do it at early morning. As I mentioned, California Vehicle Code to establish a speed limit that is reasonable and majority of people will drive at the comfort zone. If there is a violation, as it was mentioned, we can ask Sheriff Department to do a lot of additional enforcement. But to do a correct speed survey, we had to take 100 samples from specific locations, approaching the roundabouts or leaving the roundabouts. The same device can handle that. And actually, the speed survey was done at least three times. We had over 300 samples. 
and after you put the data in the graph and study guidelines that we have that is acceptable by state of California to establish posted speed limit, we're going to bring it in front of council with the resolution to establish this new speed zone from Park Marisol all the way to Park Aura that is now justifiably 25 miles per hour. And that, answer, and that answers the question of the lady that said, why don't we put 25 mile an hour signs? This speed study will now allow us to mark the whole road, like you said, from Park Mirasol all the way down the other end at 25 miles an hour. Right. Okay. To move on, on uh, people are asking speed bumps. And, and on a road like that, when everybody's asking me fire engine or sheriff or ambulance gets to their home, Actually, the study has shown the speed bump reduces the approach speed versus this type of devices that are intersection control. So overall, as I mentioned, fire department has no problem reaching to our resident, reaching on the end of the cul-de-sac, reaching on the second floor at the exact time that they need to go. If they put that fire alarm on and they drive their fire engines, everybody should pull over and they should get to their destination. If they had any problem with this device prior for um, installation, they would have notified us. We do meet with them and we do communicate on these devices. So that's a quick response on that one. On the parking issue, I have Mark Safarian who has done this study and analysis. The only thing I want to mention the on-street parking is for overflow. When you have extra party, extra guests and stuff, I'm hoping that everybody can see that. If you have a car garage, that's to park your car. If you have a lengthy driveway, it's to park your car in your driveway. Then if you need additional parking spaces, you park on the street. A lot of people don't have luxury of right in front of their home on a city street that everybody has the right to, to park and call it my parking space. The parking spaces on the street belong to everybody. And those are for overflow. Now, if I have a guest and I cannot park right in front of my home, we looked at the study analysis. This neighborhood compared to any other neighborhood in Calabasas. You look at aerial photo, they have much better situation of overflow parking, on-street parking. And if somebody parks 100 feet away, four feet per second, you're talking about 20 seconds to get to your home. So it, it, we have to be within reason to accomplish certain goals and lose certain um, benefit, I will call it, that they are not specifically exclusively for the front of your home. That's a street in front of your home. And that is the way the Design Engineering Work Balancing Act. We did try a lot of other type of design. It's not that we just jumped into the conclusion and we did three circles on the roundabouts. We've been working in this area for about eight years. We came up with a lot of other ideas, chickens, narrowing the road, paint, we had speed humps, as you said, we could not install speed bump because fire department is against speed bump. And there is a policy for that. And so on. So I hope I touch up on those one and I will ask Mark if I miss something he's making. Uh, you you got one more, the narrowing, of the, the, narrow, the narrowing of the circles themselves. The reason the circles are that way is to force the traffic to, to kind of like chicane around the traffic circles. If you narrow the circles, then it's just a straight drive through. Correct. They, they, and they the tire marks, I can assure you, 90% of people that they put mark on those area, next time they don't drive that fast. The people that That's they true. pump their tires, they don't go to that street anymore. Or if they go, they go much slower. I have witnessed that. I've seen it. We have taken pictures. 
70% of the car approaching the circles, they put their foot on the brake. You can see it by the brake lights. Overall, uh, the project in this magnitude, I understand um, it did not have sufficient workshop. Our assumption was this project was approved and we had homeowner association who represent entire community approve the project and we offered to go to community and work with them. Everybody felt good. I'm sorry if they weren't involved from beginning and they always see the negative aspect of the project. But I can assure you as your city engineer, I'm proud of this project. It's gonna be award-winning project from people that they do traffic engineering and this is very unique opportunity that we can do that. That's all I can say. Okay, um, council members, do you have any additional questions for staff before we go into comments and discussion? Uh, Councilwoman Martin. Um, is there a reason why we didn't have the fire department here? Previously, that was the concern, was that emergency vehicles wouldn't be able to do it, wouldn't be able to do it. It would have been... If they had any problem with these devices, they would have stopped at day one. Councilmember, I, I, one of the notes that I have here is to ask the fire department for a letter to the city saying that, that these devices meet uh, all of their requirements and, 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 That's fine. and ask for that and, right. and, That's, then, that, uh, that would be helpful. and then have them, have them do that. And that should answer everybody's questions that the fire department's on board with, with what we have put in. And, and I had asked you actually initially, um, Lucy, pardon me one second, just to go over the fire department, how the fire department's regulations are input. It, obviously in the design, in plan check, I don't know if it's during the inspection so period. Tell, design, tell me how that, how that works. Before even we send any letter out as engineers, we look at this through auto turn AutoCAD design. We pretty much design it with in mind the trucks, the big trucks, how are they gonna navigate around this type of devices? And the design showed us that it's doable. And it was within a standard guidelines. Then we send those design and turning templates to fire department, to sheriff department, and um, ask for their opinion. If you're doing this, if they have any comment, when we don't receive comment, that's mean they have no comments. We talked about that. Then we don't receive respond back. That's mean it's okay, continue doing our work. And that's the process it works with fire department. They have a guidelines, what else we can do in city streets or not. It's about six pages of guidelines, how fire department functions in the city, how they respond. Again, they're emergency respond. They will drive opposite side. They will do anything they can do to reach to the help of our president. They will not compromise or nothing is being compromised. All right, I'm sorry, Lucy, you were uh, asking questions. If you have further questions. Um, just one of the residents said they were there when the fire truck came in and they got stuck and couldn't turn around. That, that was present? just what we call it type three. It was an emergency run. They didn't have the sirens on. They were there just to show that the and, truck and, and, and navigate. And, and one thing, when you see that hook and ladder, that hook and ladder, once it gets into the cul-de-sac, has to back out. I mean, it, it isn't going to be able to go to the cul-de-sac and make it's a U-turn. And so really it's a one-way in. And then I think you saw, you may have seen, and I wish that we wouldn't have sped it up. I wish it would have been 
the, the regular speed because I think what you see there is the start of the, of the fire truck, the, the hook and ladder starting to back up to get out of the cul-de-sac yeah, by backing up. Okay. Well, okay, what? any further questions? I do. Uh, um, Councilman Um With regard to the yield signs, because I did get a lot of comments about that personally, would it be possible to take out some of the yield signs? In other words, is it legally permissible to take out the yield signs, I guess, from the cul-de-sac, if you're living in the cul-de-sac going out? I'm a little concerned that people are getting a false sense of security that it's okay to go when it's really not. I've seen people just go right through there, even when people from the cul-de-sac would have the right of way if, all, if everyone were obeying the yield sign. And I don't see a way around that. I don't think people are going to ever really stop. The only thing I can add into it, prior to this roundabout or circles, it was no other way of controlling Park Sorrento traffic, and they were approaching this intersection at much higher rate of speed as we are showing the speed survey. Right now, at least we know they have to navigate a circle and slow down. Well, I'm just isolating this one issue, though. Is it possible to take out those yield signs? Not, the not all. The design guidelines recommends the yield sign. Yield no, just, sign just the is ones just a warning that you have to yield to your right-hand side. And at peak hours, if there is a more traffic on Park Sorrento, you have to wait till your turn is. We've been out there in the peak hours. I don't think the delay time is more than a minute. There is a possibility that there I'm is not, a peak I'm not hour worried about. So they no, 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 I, I don't Robert, think Robert, the, the answer is in the, in the UMT, what, what? MUTCD MUTC design MUTC guidelines ask you, you to put it? yield sign on all approach to roundabout. You cannot take one. You can make it more stringent. You can convert it to stop sign. And we don't want to do that to create stop sign for the cul-de-sac and yield for the Park Sorrento through movements. But okay, you cannot but you just can't take, take out, it out just the yield sign. I mean, can you or can't you take I out the yield sign? No, you cannot. The design guideline does not allow you not to have a warning for people entering a roundabout. Okay. Then the other question I had was um, the Calabasas Inn that is being obviously graded now and redone yes. is going to add some substantial impacts to that Park Sorrento area farther down the street. Um, and we're taking away some parking along there too because of the of the requirement to do that. I, that's been discussed already. What have we looked at the impacts that that would have farther down the street to this neighborhood? And what what do you anticipate? We cannot project what it's going to happen because it's a residential project. They have sufficient parking space designed with the project. They have smaller commercial site. Typically, when problems like that arises, like we have throughout the city, then the next step is preferential parking. No, 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 I think the question is, we did a traffic study, we did a traffic study on, on the project that, that projects a certain load that, correct, that's coming in. I believe he's asking for the parking overflows in front of the No, not no, just, no, no, not no, no, the no, whole no, thing. No, I want to know the whole impact the, of the neighborhood. And, and whether... The traffic study uh, had shown minimum impact on the corridor, so did not... It was mostly the intersection uh, of... And, and still was with acceptable level of service. Yes, okay. we have I'd like staff to monitor that once it's up and yes, running, we'll please. Yeah. Uh, then one other question, I'm sorry, that I don't know if you answered this, I didn't hear the answer, but it was asked by several people. When you did your traffic survey, there are obviously various parts of the street 
that you could do the survey on. Correct. How do you, when you reach the number, what was it, 27 miles per hour was the average? Correct. Where are you measuring? Are you measuring in between the roundabouts? Are you measuring farther down the street? Or are you just averaging the entire street? Well, one survey was done between Park Mirasol and the first uh, circle. Okay. The other one was done past the last circle and Park Aura. Typically, we are trying to take the cars approaching this roundabout because we know at roundabout they have to reduce their speed based on the intersection and warnings that we have. So this, sur this survey, we can show you exact location of them. There's both a directions, though? Both directions, yes. Okay. All right, one thing to add. One of the speed humps uh, uh, tend, to come, tend to come out. Uh, we have tried a new kind of speed hump out by viewpoint. Correct, right. And, and, and our problem with the speed humps has been the emergency vehicle, the, the fire department doesn't like the speed bumps because they, if they're good enough to slow traffic, it slows the, 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 the truck. So there's a, there's a new speed bump that has gaps in it, the width of the, the, the wheelbase of, the, of fire. the fire truck. So the fire truck can drive right through, but, but no car is, it has a wide enough wheelbase to do that, so they have to get either one or something. So we're looking at seeing if, if these would be more effective in different parts of the city. But again, we get the, the thing that, that we had the comment that people use them to, to, to get it, but, but we are looking at a more effective speed bump to try to uh, replace the ones that we currently have. Okay, Councilman Mauer, did you have questions? I do. Um, I would like to see a summary, and I, I don't know if my colleagues would also, a summary of the traffic study, maybe just a little narrative, a paragraph, um, the impact of the new project at the Calabasas Inn will have on that whole corridor, because we're talking about future use as well, especially if we're going to be fine-tuning this. Would just remember, it'll compare it to the prior use, which was a banquet facility that wouldn't have had any, a lot of morning traffic, but would have had you know, at certain times, you would have five, six hundred people who I'm, I'm drank less, alcohol for three hours. You know, so that it has different impacts. I'm, I'm less interested in previous use. I'm mo I only want to know what the projected use is. Well, but is. that's how you analyze it. They do mm -hmm. one minus the other. But it'll still show me the impact of how many what? car trips per day anticipated we'll, by that development. We'll, we'll get you. We'll get you. Okay. Sir. Thank you. Um, Second, I think there was a suggestion about moving, removing one of the roundabouts. How would that impact, do you think, how that would impact the traffic speed that we've, we've seen this reduction in, or at least your study show? Well, it depends which one you want to move. Well, I imagine the one in the center. So let's say if you want to move the one <laughs> in the center, the only thing I can see, the speed between two roundabouts will go higher. That's all. Because people now have more straightforward so the speed may go up another five mile in between the two roundabouts and then there was a question and well let me let me let me go back to a roundabout that we put in the city that there was also challenges with people understanding the yield i think it was at paul revere and liberty, liberty bell, bell. Mm -hmm. okay and we were, it was, there was a lot of traffic, school traffic, and people were having difficulty stopping at the yield. And we put in stop signs. Then we took them out. And then we took them out. But, but I know we did. I wasn't. Well, some of them, yeah. they have the stop sign now because they're closer to traffic one signal. Way. The one by AC still, 
now has a stop sign because as I explained to Councilman Bozarjan, if you don't put yield sign, you gotta go to the next level, which is a stop sign. We, we, we covered it in the staff report. We didn't cover it in the briefing. And that was that a stop sign wasn't warranted for this area. And the reason is because there is- I'm not asking for, well, go ahead. Oh, um, no, 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 the no. reason, because somebody asked about stop signs. Yeah, no, the reason I, is no. that there isn't enough traffic flowing from the cul-de-sac into the intersection. If, if you know, and, and so the analysis doesn't warrant stop signs. So the intersection that I'm referring to warranted a stop sign, a four-way stop sign? Because that's what we did. Yes. Okay. And this would not even warrant a two-way stop sign on Park Street? There is not enough traffic on the side streets. Um, and then you, you said that the area does qualify for a 25 mile per hour sign. And when will that go in? Yes, I'm coming back to council with resolution. Hopefully next meeting, the council has to approve my study, then we will post it immediately. And we'll have, I guess, some additional law enforcement to enforce that initially? Correct. Typically, first month of the sign, it will be warning given to everybody, then after that, tickets will be written. And then my last question is, you, you did this very detailed uh, study, but I, and, and it, very detailed, but what is missing is the time of day. And I know you did it randomly, but I would like to know specifically, I can't imagine you would come back 130 different times. There when were you there? I can give you a copy of the guidelines how to do the traffic survey for a speed. There, there is a guidelines that we have to follow that guidelines. Ryan, what were you gonna say? We, we do actually have the times. I, I would need to get a hold of them and forward them to council though. I can't hear you. I'm sorry. I do have the times we did the studies. I just, I don't have them on me. So if I could forward them through the director. I mean, did you do them intentionally during peak hour or during school it, it lunch hour? Did you have an intention? off of peak hour. Uh, the it's guidelines required. from the, the uh, menu, oh. from the there, there CDC So they will say every two hour intervals or something to that effect, or they'll say do morning or? Uh, they just say do up to a hundred, uh, a minimum of a hundred cars. Um, and do it off peak hours with free flowing traffic on good uh, good weather. weather days with no no complications and make sure that you're not impacting speed. So we followed all of these guidelines. Okay, those are my questions. Any questions? Okay, uh, we're now open for comments. This comes to us tonight as a report. Um, and so there is no, there's no motion or, uh, or action in front of us. That doesn't mean that we can't recommend uh, staff to look at certain things or uh, potentially schedule something in the future, but there's no specific action in front of us uh, this evening. Um, but with that, we'll open it to comments. Uh, or do any of the council members have any further comments they wanna to make tonight? Mayor Pro Tem Shapiro. Thank you very much. Uh, I think it's interesting. This is called the traffic calming device, right? <laughs> Considering we might want to come up with a new uh, name for it in the future. Uh, I do appreciate all the comments. I did uh, listen, as did my fellow colleagues, to everyone here today. Uh, they're, they're appreciated. I want to thank staff for the very, so very full and thorough report, and uh, I do appreciate the work and effort put into this project by our city staff. I do uh, respect very much the sheriffs and Robert and Mark and all our staff as far as their expertise goes. Uh, I personally make a point and have for years now to drive 
Park Sorrento about 20 times a week, minimum. Uh, I have children who've gone through Calabas High. I work in that direction. And a lot of times, Calabasas Road is very busy. But I, in particular, drive that route since the traffic calming devices and beautification has been put in the roundabouts. I can speak only for myself and those behind me. They may not appreciate it, but it, it has significantly slowed, in my, my view, my speed on that road and certainly other vehicles that I've seen. Uh, I think 25 miles per hour is certainly a great suggestion, idea, and the correct speed limit for that location. And I'm sure it will be hopefully approved by all, all, all of us up here. To me, as has been said, safety is the key. And that's the reason, uh, as much as it's beautiful and as much as it may serve other purposes, it's a safety issue. I drove that street, as many of you have, for years and years where there were where it was basically cars passing each other. Uh, a lot of young drivers and not so young drivers as well. I, I personally uh, interceded in a couple of physical confrontations because someone was driving too slow for a driver behind them. Uh, I am thrilled to see this device there. I do believe uh, our traffic uh, speed report and our, our sheriffs when they say as they did at the school area safety meeting that this is reduced speed by at least 10 miles per hour. And to me, that is huge. That is a big issue. I do, I have heard and respect all the comments and, and I think those that can be addressed will with regard to those who are not happy with this, this uh, the, the roundabouts that, we, that have been put in. But to me, there is no question this works and I think it's a, an excellent, excellent, uh, safety issue for the city and the area. Okay, comments? Council? Uh, Go ahead. One more. I'm sorry. I, I also would like to see, I, I know if I heard you right, Robert, the we can do more, but we cannot do less as far as the yield signs go. The only safety issue I thought about was if, and, and I don't think this would necessarily be something that the community might want, but a stop sign for safety purposes at the end of the cul-de-sac would at least, would possibly prevent accidents if they, or, but I, I don't think that serves a purpose, uh, at, at least for the community that I hear today. Uh, and I just want to clarify, because I did see the video, the fire truck in that instance, because there was a comment by, a public comment made today, was able to go out, they just have to back out of the, out of the roundabout, is that, that correct? That is correct. Okay, thank you. Okay. Councilwoman Martin. Um, the first thing I wanted to say was that uh, I'm sorry that a project like this has divided the community. Um, our understanding was, and um, as some of you have noted from a previous project that's coming up, is that uh, the city is going to make more of an effort to notify you of what's happening. Um, you know, I understand that HOAs, you know, they do the best they can to get it out and sometimes we don't read it or we throw it away, but I, I think the city's part, we can step it up to make sure that you know the project is coming to you in front of your home so that you can all um, 
be able to have your comments heard, no matter what the outcome or the d decision might be. Um, the, uh, the second comment when I, that I wanted to make, um, which is mentioned about the stop signs and stuff, we do have a roundabout, um, Paul Revere and Liberty Bell, which is where I live. We started out with just the roundabout to help slow the traffic. It didn't work. They put in yield signs. Nobody really yielded or knew what to do. Now we have four stop signs and a roundabout. That doesn't really work. What really has to work is educating the community on what roundabouts are, what you're supposed to do when you end up in the roundabout. And these are our neighbors. These are other people that live in the community that are speeding, that are not following the signs. So we need to maybe be more aware of letting you know your neighbors if you see them. I've done it with mine. Someone just ran right through the stop sign and I just slam on my brake and you know, I just said to them, you know, it's their stop, you really need to be careful. Um, they thanked me. Um, I'm not sure what they said after I left, but, um, but I think going forward, um, I think we have some more projects that might be coming up that CPHA has given us a list and everything, and I would like to recommend that wherever these projects are going in the residence, we need to make sure that, you know, that this is what they wanted. Um, this was something that was, you know, done in 2004. The actual thing didn't happen until 2013. A lot could have changed. Opinions have changed from, you know, some people that we've heard. Um, so I'm, I know we spent a lot of money um, putting these roundabouts in. Whether or not they could be removed or one of them, I'm not sure. But what I've taken away from this, and I hope um, would help you, is that we will make sure you're better notified if something is going to happen. And with the new Calabasas in project, we will make sure that the city keeps you up to date as to what's going on. So thank you for coming out and spending the late hours with us to try and work this through. Okay, Council Member Maurer. Um, I also wanted to thank everyone for coming out and having this exchange of ideas, and I'm sorry it didn't happen in a workshop setting like it should have. And I, I, I thought we had learned a lesson about when we have large-scale developments or public works projects that we do not rely on HOAs. I mean, they, it is an effective tool, but is one tool and that we do not forego notification by a small postcard and, um, and, and a community meeting. I make my profession by public noticing and having community meetings and this is driving me crazy. Um, we heard earlier tonight that the residents along Canwood, was it I think it is, that's gonna be raised. We went to the HOAs and they got your letters and there was no public notification or meeting. I got a notice about Mulholland Highway project improvements. There's a workshop at the end of this month. Was there any card sent to any residents along Mulholland Highway that will be impacted? There's going to be a robocall to every resident in, in, in Mulholland. Perfect. Thank you. When will that be made? A week before the... Uh, a week, you know? Okay. Because, because then they forget about it. Well... It, it has to be close uh, enough to the... A week? A, a week is okay. 
because mm. people are busy. I'm and busy. notification will be on Gilson. We have notified Thank HOA. Did you want more or less? And it's like I can't hear what he's talking about. Oh, I was just asking. I, want, I would like more. I mean, I don't want this to happen. I don't want ideas to come forth or problems or concerns to come forth at this level when things are cemented. Um, it's, it's, it's not fair. It's not fair to the residents. I'm encouraged that this study did show that we now can put in a 25-mile-per-hour zone, and I would like to back it all the way up to Park Renata, if we can, based on the study of the Calabasas Inn. You all know that there's a big project coming at the Calabasas Inn, right? Okay. How do you know that? You read it? You read it in the acorn after the fact, maybe? All right, so if we can have that 25 mile per hour, I think that would be. Also, a great our CTV is doing a great job. The website has notification that we have a workshop coming up. I mean, if somebody's interested, do call us and follow up. It's just short of going like Councilman Buzarjan did. I got to go knock everybody's door and tell them, come, I have a workshop. I don't know what else I can do to get 95% response. We have done, you saw my policy for public outreach, and we do follow I, I saw it. your policy book. It was superb. It was, we it do was a follow template that, that I've never, I can't remember it coming through. And we can have a separate conversation, but yeah. this is. There this was is, a, re we've, we've talked about why this project went this way. Because we worked with the HOA representative. Because we, because a council directed that be the process. I, you know what? I, okay, I'm just, I'm just, I'm uh, just. I'm but just, not exclusively. It's a tool. I mean, look, these people don't know what was happening until they... I, I, no, you, okay. Your, your, point, I your point's taken. Point. I think I've made my point. But um, the last thing, um, I, 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 I'm very, very, very concerned about um, the people trying to leave the cul-de-sac and, and the lack of, of yield, and I, I don't know what other solutions there are besides putting up another, I don't know what it is, but can you kind of think about that a little? Because I'm looking at the, the residents and it's, a, it's very tough. I, I, would, I would be worried about that. And I don't know what the solution is. I haven't heard a solution, but uh, I think it's a problem. But, the only um, thing, council member, before I put roundabout, it was nothing in there. The speed was higher, approaching the same cul-de-sac, same people were trying to exit, make a left or right turn. Condition is better I, than I what it was before. I understand studies and statistics and 85 percentile. Thank you. But I also understand the users giving me firsthand, you know, stories of their challenges leaving. And so I think we need to take that into account. And then very lastly, I, I don't know what the solution is about parking, and, and, and I'm, I implore you to maybe look somehow, some way, for something for these. That's, yeah. that's a tough one. Can, and to say that, well, you weren't supposed to park there anyways, and it's, so it's not a sub minus, it, it, I don't know, I can understand the frustration, but um, I, I think it looks really good, by the way. I drive it not too frequently, and I've always creeped down that street because I, I've seen so many walkers out there, and it's nice to see other people slowing down too. I don't feel like I'm holding people up as much, but um, I think it'll get slower. Councilman Bizarre. Um First of all, as, as was alluded to by a few people, I did um, walk the neighborhood this last week, and I visited um, 131 homes, and I talked to a number of residents and uh, also handed out invitations for tonight's meeting, which 
you know, I always say you're not going to get a personal invitation to the meeting. Well, this, this was. I felt I probably should have done that last year, you know, when it really counted as far as, you know, before we discussed this and approved it, and maybe there wouldn't have been a need to have this follow-up meeting. But whatever. It was something I thought to do because I wanted to hear from the public and get an impression as to whether or not or what the weight of public opinion was. Uh, as part of that, I did get e these nine emails from my walks, and I'd like to make them part of the public record you all have. Uh, the, I gave it to the city clerk, and she gave it to you. And there are some questions in here for staff from individual residents. If you could respond to those, I'd appreciate it, because um, there's some very detailed information in each of them. And these are actual residents of the neighborhood. As far as um, the pluses of this project, I feel that traffic has been calmed, and I do think the street looks aesthetically very pleasing. Um, I, I have some issues regarding going forward, um, and I won't touch upon the ones we've already discussed or I've already discussed. One is the uh, proliferation of signage. I want staff to be very sensitive that this is a residential community and where where we, it's starting to look a little excessive in the area of signage, and, and I don't think the, the people there really want to have a bunch of signs sticking out all over the place. Um, I do feel the roundabouts are difficult to navigate, and we discussed, uh, it's already been brought up, the street's narrow as it is. Um, I was wondering if there was any way to uh, to make them more narrow, the roundabouts make them smaller, but you've answered that question that you cannot. Um, I, think, I think one of the number one challenges that I heard was from the people on it, living in the cul-de-sacs and their, their lack of comfort in going out into the intersection even when they have the right of way. So I asked about the yield signs. You tell me you can't remove the yield signs that face the cul-de-sacs. Nonetheless, I would like you to come up with some solution to that issue with people leaving so they feel a comfort zone that, that they're going to be safe leaving, leaving their uh, cul-de-sacs. Of particular concern, and everyone I talked to that lived on a corner lot told me the same thing. They have a problem getting in and out of their driveways safely with people going around the, the roundabouts and, and not feeling that comfort level coming out especially. Uh, I'd like staff to look at that, and when you go out there to monitor the effects of the of the roundabouts from time to time, please check that because that's a, that's of concern to me. If people can't leave their driveway and get onto the street and position their car without being unsafe, that's that's a problem. Um, another issue when you do the next speed survey. And when you go out to put up the signs, the, the 25 mile per hour signs, it just seemed to my observations over the last several months that people now are actually slowing down for the roundabouts and then they feel like as soon as they're out of there, boy, they speed up to make up for lost time. And the, the differentiation, the speed is considerable and I'm wondering um, if there's anything that can be done about that or if or if that's just my imagination that's happening. It doesn't seem like that. It seems like it's really happening. Um, in terms of, uh, of, of, the, of the final comment, oh, and then I would like to have the, a lot of the issues that were raised here 
not only looked at tonight, but, or looked at after tonight's meeting, but looked at again after the completion of the Calabasas M project, because that may reconfigure the whole equation of what we're doing here and make further adjustments necessary. I think we learned a lot from the community in this process. Uh, you may or may not know it, but in between the meetings of last year, uh, late last year and now, we actually had a workshop where we discussed notification. And hopefully, um, I agree with Councilmember Maurer, this is, this is a, uh, a lesson in, you know, reaching out to the HOA is important. I'm glad we did it. I'm glad we went through the process with them. But there's also reaching out to individual homeowners and making sure that we notify people, not just in the legal sense of putting it in the newspaper and on our website, but in letting individual homeowners know, we're a small town, we can, we can do that. We can tell people when an important project is coming to their neighborhoods. Because if we don't do that, um, then there's frustration and we get the participation now and we, we get overwhelmed. And it, it, it's really not something that we needed to have happen here. It could have been a much easier process if we had taken the time ahead of time to have a workshop to have a postcard sent out to every home. Uh, I also want to say that on the flip side of that, quite honestly, there, there was legal notification. And it, it does disturb me that nobody in the community except for the board members came to the meeting where we were discussing it. Now, I, I don't know why that was. Um, I, I would have hoped that somebody in the community would have looked and said, gee, you know, this is really going to impact me in my neighborhood, and maybe would have tuned into the commission meeting, maybe would have read the legal notice or some, or looked at our agenda. That wasn't done. And, and there is a duty on the part of the public as well as us, and the duty for the public is to, is to approach us ahead of time so that we don't wind up in this situation again. So the next time you see something coming your way and, it, and you see your streets referenced, and it's a notification in the paper or it's, or it's a, an agenda item, please take a look at it. I mean, it, 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 there's only so much we can do. We can't beg you to come to the meetings and, and send us feedback. But it would have been much more helpful if we had had that participation to begin with. And that is the uh, extent of my comments. I, I hope staff, when we're done with this meeting, will give us um, you know, a summary of what going forward means and what what changes we can make if any and what uh, what we plan to do because there were a lot of concerns raised here and I and I don't want to waste homeowners time in coming out and not having them addressed thank you thank you well Abraham Lincoln said something like you can't make all the people happy all the time something like that um, the, the, I'm glad that uh, Councilman Bazajan mentioned separately from the, that you that you didn't see because no one showed up for the meeting. We we because of this issue we did go into a whole review of what we do to give notice to people. We actually had a separate Saturday meeting where we sat went through all of our codes. We actually have guidelines and how do we give notice. We made suggestions on changing that and and adopting that. It, and it's one of those things we still argue about. I mean just. A minute ago, you said a week is not enough. I said I thought a week is good. You give it two weeks, they don't know. You know, you can, you can go back and forth a million times as to how you do it, but we have attempted to do that. Having said that, there were nine public hearings over the course of, uh, over the course of three years 
where this was discussed. Um, and everyone could say, I didn't know about it, I didn't know about it. And some of them were attended by some people in your community. So anyone sitting up here, and I, I've only been sitting here since 2011, this started in 2008, but anyone sitting up here would have said, okay, I went to the traffic, there was a workshop, went to the traffic commission. Uh, I mean, dozens of citizens' eyes went on this. Um, the, uh, they were, the Calabasas Park Homeowner Association and your local homeowner association had met, discussed it, put, gave input made suggestions, recommendations, planning commission, city council, I mean, not planning commission, traffic transportation, uh, back, finally came to the council. I was on the council when it was approved, and when it was approved, I got a list that it had been at six meetings, that there had been a workshop, that the, the homeowner association was approving it, that the CPHA was approving it, the couple of people who showed up at the hearing were approving it. So I just, just so you, you get the concept of comes to me, and I will tell you that having driven down the street hundreds of times uh, and having a master's degree in traffic school, I, um, <laughs> I, uh, there, this, was a, this was one of our speed problems in the city. I mean, there, there was a cop sat there on that street all the time writing tickets, either, either for speeding or for not stopping at the stop sign on Park Oro. Um, they were there, I mean, that was like one of the number one places you can find a sheriff's car in the city of, in the city of Calabasas. And the humps that were there didn't do anything, um, or at least they didn't do much uh, t to, to speed. And, um, uh, and the city did have experience in other areas with traffic circles. Interesting experiences. Council Martin said it doesn't work. I actually think it does sort of work. It's been there a long time. I remember when this, I live on Paul Revere. So this, we have a circle right at my corner. We have another one down at the bottom of the hill. They're, they're, the areas are a little different. Um, we get speed because the one at the bottom of the hill, you're going down a pretty steep grade on a street that is 25 miles an hour that it's like you got to ride the brake hard to stay 25 miles an hour going down that hill. Um, but more importantly, that intersection is a middle school and an elementary school. I mean, there are a hundred or more, probably a couple hundred kids that go through that intersection every, uh, every morning. And, uh, um, and the traffic comes quickly off Mulholland Highway to a little teeny street right into the intersection. So it does stop everyone, it makes them go slower. They do go around the circle. It is weird when you go around the circle, for a minute you're pointed towards the pedestrian because, you know, as opposed to just going straight down a street. That's what slows you, but it also is a little weird, but it, it works with hundreds and hundreds, I mean thousands of crossings by kids, even though it's a weird intersection, we have not, you know, it's been safe in terms of, uh, you know, injury. Yours is a little different, you don't have hundreds of thousands of crossings by kids, but your area has become one for walking and jogging and so forth. So I, um, and, and, that, and that one we, we did, we started with yield, and then we went to stop signs. The, the circle that's on, that's on, you know, four doors down from me, the other side of Paul Revere, is a yield. No one knew what yield meant for the first period of time. It, 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 works, it works fine now. Um, uh, and that one's still a yield, a four-way yield, <laughs> um, and, and it works fine. Um, so we ha did have experience, and, and we put some of that to use. Uh, and frankly, the number one thing we can do in this city for, for, this, for traffic safety is slow the speed. You can have all the signs, the stop signs, this, that. It's all a matter of slowing the speed. If you slow the speed down, you are m likely to have much better safety, much friendlier pedestrian uh, 
uh, walkway. And when you do unfortunately have a collision, it's going to be less injury and damage. And so by um, the, that was the intention of this project. I, I, I heard everyone's testimony. I do believe that it has slowed the speed. That's my personal experience. I, um, you know, when I sit up here and I, I have some people that believe that it hasn't, I'm not saying that they're not, that, you know, that that's not what they believe, but the evidence I see from a speed study and the sheriff and my personal evidence and the fact that you now have to go around that, that doesn't mean it's 85 percentile, 15% are speeding through it, <laughs> but 85% are going slower. Um, and I believe that that is the case. And I, I'm very happy to hear that it'll lead to the 25 mile an hour speed limit on that street, which will also, which is ultimately what you what you want to do in that area. Um, uh, so I uh, am, you know, I think that uh, it's, I, I'm generally supportive of it. I also think it is beautiful. It is a great uh, um, uh, amenity. And as the landscaping grows, it'll even, it'll even be, It'll be better. Having said that, I, I do think that a number of these issues should um, should continue to be looked. And, and the issue in terms of safety, I have to tell you, we don't do anything that 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 it, it, no one here is building anything that doesn't meet the requirements of of, of safety uh, in terms of being able to be accessed by uh, by emergency vehicles. And uh, it can be accessed by the emergency vehicles. Uh, and that. It, I'm happy to have the fire department write a letter or come out and say it, but those of you who don't think it's safe, I assure you the fire department's gonna come and they're gonna tell you that it meets all their requirements and they're okay with it. So, but we can do that, we can ask them and uh, if, if, if that hasn't already been done. Having said that, I do think we should um, uh, uh, look at some of these, um, some of the issues. Uh, I, w I certainly wanna make sure Mr. Malter's parking, that, that one, because I, I that's a, that was a news thing, and I don't know what we can do, but I want to look at that. You know, I want you to sit down and look at that because if he has a unique um, uh, circumstance, uh, and I don't know what could be done, but I, th I do think we should look at that. Um, and uh, you know, it's interesting. The emails we got were fifty-fifty. Uh, in terms of people who loved it and and people who didn't like it, uh, but um, uh, you know I think that we're going. You know my preference is to try to tinker with it and make some uh, uh, some adjustments if we can. I think the input from the community that of the adjustments that were already made has been excellent in terms of widening the pedestrian area, in terms of reducing the signage. Um, uh, I think that that's all been very beneficial and. Uh, um, but we, you know, we should, we should, uh, uh, you know, I'm, I'm happy to continue to, to look at that. And I think, uh, I think that we, that we should, but my, you know, I'm not interested in, um, in, in pulling it out. The idea of pulling out the middle one, you know, after you've already slowed down to go through the first one to go, th it, it, I, to me, I, I think it's nicer to have the tree there, you know, rather than let them speed up for one mile, two miles an hour for a hundred, a few hundred feet and then have to go through the other one, that doesn't make any, it doesn't seem to be a benefit to me. So I'm not um, in favor at this point of, of making any uh, changes. Now, having said that, it's not even really our job to make these changes under the city ordinance. These are traffic uh, devices that are determined by the city manager with uh, under the direction of the, uh, 
the public works director and the city manager. So everyone should know that. What we did several years, what we, before me, but what the council did several years ago, in order to depoliticize traffic control so that it wasn't just, uh, you know, this council member in their neighborhood got a stop sign and this council member, you know, did this and five people showed up screaming for something. We went to a system where we tried to professionalize this. So under our current municipal code, it, we, would, we could not vote <laughs> to remove this traffic device. We could, I, I guess we could pass a resolution recommending that they look at it. We could do things, but we actually under the current, I guess, or we could change the municipal code, but under the current municipal code where we, we attempted to depoliticize to at least to put a step between the raw local politics and the professional uh, traffic and, and, uh, and so um, I think that you've heard several recommendations here today from council members. Um, uh, I don't know if, if the council wants to vote, they can, but I, I think the direction is that we'd like all of those to be uh, addressed um, and, uh, and to have some kind of report back to the council uh, within a reasonable period of time on, on, those, uh, on those items. Yeah. yeah I, I we will, uh, with, the, with the traffic folks, get the comments, and, and we understand that there may be some, some tweaks we can make. We, some of them may not be doable. The, I, I mentioned the traffic humps because that is maybe doable, mm -hmm. and I'll talk to the engineers uh, about maybe the way to do that is to, to put the bump on the, on the way out of the traffic circle, you know, so that people don't speed leaving. And, uh, and then that way we can minimize it. A fire engine can go around it if we need to. I, I mean, I don't know. We, we'll, we'll look at seeing if there's, if there's a further way to, to, to slow. Although I, I, my, we're, we're gonna certainly do the 25 mile an hour signs. We will battle around whether uh, we can put a couple of the laser. Now that, that goes against get rid of signage but we can we can put one of the laser signs that gives you that, that gives you your actual speed mm -hmm. as like we have on Parkway Calabasas that perhaps maybe that might help it still doesn't help the people navigating out of the cul-de-sac mm -hmm. that's just still for track so we got to we got to look at all of that uh, I don't think just so that there's no expectation that we're going to make much headway on leaving the cul-de-sacs because they are what they are they have to have the device has to have that little triangle island uh, in facing into the cul-de-sac. But we'll look. We'll see if there's anything. We, we, we listened before. What? We, we cut them back. We tried to make the pedestrian uh, walkway wider. Like I said, you, you heard it all. Mm -hmm. We'll try to listen to what's going on here, see if we can make any more uh, adjustments. What was, the, what was the past experience on the location of the crosswalk? I know we went, we went back and forth on putting the, the crosswalk on one side of the island or on the other side. What, you what know, putting it further back about? on the street. Which crosswalk? All right. When, when you have the crosswalk, this would be on the west side of the street across the cul-de-sacs. You know, right now it comes right. basically in front of the island as opposed Correct. to in the middle of the island or behind the island. Um, and I, d didn't we move crosswalks around a little bit at, at some of the other, at the uh, Liberty Bell uh, we, roundabout? We, we have placed crosswalks um, if you look at the traffic circle on Parkway Calabasas, the crosswalks there are, are set back. 
can't do that here because it's a different, uh, where the cut is on the sidewalk is where we tried to put the crosswalk. If you know, because we have to have the ADA compliance and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And we have that, since it's a much smaller street, we had that triangle there that has to be that where it is because the point of the triangle is to start the cars going to the right so that nobody is confused and goes uh, to the left to make a left turn. Right. So th that's the, that's the and, and, and there's an adjustment period to these devices. We've had now, what, six months now or a little bit more that, that they've been in. We're going to make some more tweaks if we can make them, and then we'll keep adjusting and see what we can yeah. do. If you are a through walker or jogger, going on the east side of the street is now way better because it's separated. You know, you have a separation from right. the, you know, between you and the street. You have a parkway now. And uh, and the trees will grow in and so forth. Also, and, and, and Robert people took his Robert took his family there and give him the story about your family. Well, you when the devices went up, I heard from everybody. I typically use Susie and the kids as a penny, guinea pig or whatever. I just told her take the kids and walk. We park at Commons, walk all the way to Ora and walk back. On the walk up, she didn't have any problem. On the walk back, she said, Robert, look, um, I'm not comfortable. Let the kids cross it by themselves, but. It's natural the pedestrian will take shortest path. Yeah. No matter where I put that access ramp, that's for disabled, blind people. Human nature, you will take shortest path to cross. And what we have up there satisfy ADA compliance, satisfy the safety, we widen the path for the crossing so they're not so close to that circle roundabout. So they're like six feet away from it. It's the same condition that was there. We did not change street, the width of the street or narrow it. It's, it's just the way the pattern has been changed. The traffic is forced to slow down. That's why they're hitting the curbs, because they're not slow enough. Um, anyway, the experience for the family was when I widened it, I brought them back. This time, they were safe. My 13 years old was about 50 feet ahead of us, and he crossed all of them safely. I felt safe enough to let my own child walk it back and forth, and it was at 5.30 p.m. when it was getting dark in. Okay. Any further, anything further on this item, Robert? You'll make sure to... I made enough note, and I think uh, we will get back so to him. Yes. I'm sorry. We, we made enough notes. We, we need some time to look into it, to get creative, maybe to think outside the box. And we are definitely looking into to see what else we can do to satisfy. But as you said, there is no way I can have 100% happy residents, okay. unfortunately. And that's the way it is. And you'll, um, Mr. Malter will leave you his information so that. No problem. I can, can meet with him, him and to okay. see if there's All anything right. we can do for him. Very good. Thank you very much. We, I, we are moving on to item number eight. We're two hours behind. And I, I am envisioning a new ordinance in the city's future. <laughs> and I didn't get the joke when you first. <laughs> okay. Item number eight. This is a public hearing for consideration of the following matter. Probably if we wait till midnight, it might even be more appropriate. No. But uh, 
Motion to waive further reading and introduction of ordinance number 2014-311, amending title 17 of the Calabasas Municipal Code to permit fortune telling as a commercial use in the commercial retail CR zoning district as necessary to comply with federal law. Staff has determined that the project is categorically exempt from environmental review in accordance with section 15061B3 of the CEQA guidelines. Uh, Madam Clerk, has the proof of posting and publication been filed for this public hearing? Yes, Mr. Mayor, no correspondence was received. Thank you. The public hearing is now open. Are there any changes or additions to the staff report? No, there is not. All right, I do want to ask the city attorney to give a brief statement as to why we are doing this. Yes, Mr. Mayor, members of the council, this ordinance was triggered by a Supreme Court, California Supreme Court decision in 1985, Spiritual Psychic Science Church versus City of Azusa, which held that fortune telling was entitled to full protection of the First Amendment. And as a result, since then, cities have either stopped enforcing ordinances which prohibited fortune telling or amended their ordinances to allow that. Uh, in the past, Calaba the Calabasas Development Code did allow it under personal service uses, but it inadvertently or otherwise got dropped in a code amendment in 2010 when, they, when staff began to list specific uses instead of just having this broad category of personal service uses. Uh, we were informed either uh, by someone who was actually trying to seek a permit or just testing the waters uh, that perhaps uh, our lack of allowing fortune telling uh, might be constitutionally infirm. We examined it and determined they are correct and therefore we are bringing forth an ordinance to one correct what was dropped in 2010 and also to comply with the, the, the court's requirement that we permit fortune telling as a matter of right on a limited basis and we can regulate it as we've done in the draft ordinance before you to to the extent that we possibly can to try to at least make sure there's enough information that the public would have so that in case they need to follow up uh, because there's some concerns or problems that they'll be able to do so. Are there any city council questions regarding the staff report or the city attorney's report? We have, I have, uh, um, I'll get to that in a second. I we do our question. questions first. Yes. Uh, Is there anything else inadvertently left out of that, just, um, that section on personal services uses? From, t from previous to 2010 that we should know of? That, that I'm not aware of. We were, for this ordinance, we were just addressing the fortune telling. But I mean, I'm not sure how, did staff decide not to put it in or did we, it, it, did it, was it, it just, typo? It, it literally just didn't get transferred over. Remember that we're transferring over a list of maybe a hundred different types right. of um, uh, allowed uses in the city. And um, like the typos, we occasionally come to you with for correction, this was one of them. Um, and had not somebody come to the counter, we would not have been looking for this omission. Um, but it truly was just an omission. And the answer is, um, yes, there will be things in our development code. We'll constantly come back to you through the Planning Commission for review. And in this particular case, we found it uh, through this inquiry at the public counter. I, I would just suggest looking at that list and comparing it to see if anything else, maybe a whole line of uses was dropped out. I I'd don't like know. That too. So that's that's my only question. Because we know there's one missing. There might be others off of that list. Okay. Are there any other questions uh, regarding the staff report? I have a question. Yes. Um, on page 
four, number three, it says that um, fortune telling services may be provided on a temporary basis on, in a location other than the teller's place in business. Can I have clarification of that? I just want to make sure that someone can't do it out of their home. If you've driven down to Panga, <laughs> you see all those lovely Mr. Signs. Mayor, members of the council, yeah. let me address that. The ordinance would allow fortune telling as a primary use, as a permitted primary use in the CR zone. If someone were want, wanted to invite that fortune teller to provide temporary, on a temporary basis fortune telling services as a, at a party or at, another, at a commercial establishment where they're actually having some kind of a get together event, the fortune teller is allowed to do that, ensuring that they have their prices and their fees and, and everything established on an eight and a half by 11 inch piece of paper indicating if I happen to go off premises to do this, this is what I can charge. It would not allow someone to set up a fortune telling operation anywhere other than a CR zone. It would only be temporary in nature and generally it's where a client might come in and say, by the way, thank you for the service. I'd like to have this service over here. I'm giving an event um, over the weekend. Could you come up to that location? And they would have to provide them with a sheet and they could do that. They wouldn't be in violation of the code if they did it. Okay. Commercial but not residential. Yes. I mean, they could, they could go to some, don't, don't want to mislead, I mean, but if somebody wanted to for, for between the hours of 8 p.m. and 10 p.m. at a party, right. go from their place of business to this particular location for a, act as a fortune teller for, as part of a party, they would be able to do that under this, under this section, but they could not establish a fortune telling operation in a residential zone. Okay. Any other questions? Is there time for comment? Is there anyone present who wishes to speak on this item? Seeing none. There are no other speakers. Public hearing is closed. Is there a motion on this item? Well, I have a comment. Oh, I'm sorry. We'll go back to council comments. Councilman Bazzaggio. Okay. My, my comment is I want to make sure that we have an understanding here that this is a, a change, but they're still subject to all the content neutral requirements. For example, we're not going to see a bunch of cheesy neon signs uh, outside on someone's lawn with a palm on it or something. You know, no, I'm serious because they're subject to, it's not, it's not, it's content neutral. No matter what the business is, they're not allowed to just put things up like that by adding this, correct? That is correct. Okay. So whoever's contacted you, it might be helpful to tell them that we have separate rules. They might have an impression that, because we have, live right next door to a very large city that lets anybody do anything pretty much that we have some rules regarding this, the signage that, that would not be permissible. Thank you. Yes. I have one comment. I just want to make sure the public understands that we are by no means hanging a welcome sign out to fortune tellers, that this, is, this decision to include them under commercial uses is because of a Supreme Court decision. And the people that I've talked to are just, you know, hoping that they do not arrive. Okay, any further comments? All right, is there a motion? So moved. It's been moved, is there a second? Second. It's moved and seconded. Any further discussion? Seeing on all those in favor, please aye. say aye. 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 Opposed? Somehow I feel my legacy has been sealed. The mayor who legalized fortune telling in Calabasas. Not, not yet, it'll come back for uh, adoption. Yes. Next mm. meeting. Some my acorn obituary, hopefully many years from now, Fred. that's what it'll say. <laughs> that's morbid. Are you having a premonition? All right. Um, 
we are done with our action items for the evening. We are on to uh, informational reports, check register. Any questions regarding the check register? Seeing none, we'll move to task force reports. Um, any task force reports? Um, I have one, but due to the time, if I could just forward it to all of you, it's just um, for the COG, it's just informational that some of it is still ongoing and we have another meeting next week so I can just combine for the next council. Very good, thank you. Any others? City manager's report. Uh, a couple of things. I think most of you know that we met with uh, Supervisor Yaroslavsky's staff about the uh, multipurpose trail out by the uh, Albertsons, and it looks like uh, it, it, it's positive that, 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 that we can do something there. So I don't see much of a problem there. We've got some small things. We have another meeting uh, next week uh, to talk about just uh, jurisdictional and, uh, and easements and that kind of stuff, but it should be fine. Uh, we mentioned the demo has already started at the Calabasas Inn. Uh, we have an interesting application that uh, Maureen just told me about this week for a Dunkin' Donuts. Maybe they can put one of those donuts, you know, on top. But by, by, by. <laughs> where is, is that? This is uh, this is at the at the at the intersection where the gas station is on the other side where the 76 is, but on the other side of next to the Red Robin. Oh, okay. uh, now, now, now it may be an adjunct use to what's there. We don't know yet, but but the word Dunkin' Donuts uh, came in. So, <laughs> and I just saw that that Chotsky, that 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 that, that the, the one that that you saw that was the a cultural icon in the Southland. This Randy's. big donut. That's this Randy's this big donut. Randy's <laughs> donuts. A <laughs> pole sign. Uh, the, yes. the Malmut project uh, across the street from. Uh, I think I'd rather have the donut legacy than the fortune telling <laughs> legacy. Uh, is is uh, Edison is finally going to get around to moving the, uh, the the poles so that we should see some start there. All this they they, uh, they were in the uh, rainy season, sort of, and so the grading may not start soon, but but they should be able to start fairly soon. Uh, I think you know that we, we I sent you all the thing about interest in the pet kennel site for a for a future development. We sent them to talk to. The Saratoga's folks, so that uh, so that they get the input from them, don't know much yet about that. They have they're just in the inquiry uh, mode right now, and we also have uh, a fairly uh, uh, pretty. Uh, the guy came in has come in and talked to me twice, and this is for the Spurlings and the Pelican lots, and he's a Nissan auto dealer that supposedly Nissan has been, uh, doesn't have a, a uh, dealership in Thousand Oaks and doesn't have one in Woodland Hills. And so they're very aggressively looking for a site in this area. And so there may be some movement uh, in, in those two uh, uh, properties to, to accommodate something like this. It looks like they're looking to try to get both of them to do the one Nissan dealership. And we'll, we'll work it out with them when 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 the time comes but that's it what is the zoning on the dog kennel site the zoning is multifamily with a density of 16 per acre and that, that's uh, the, that's uh, the general plan and the and, zoning and that's, currently? and that's and that's and that's and that's a reduction and that's a reduction from the prior from the prior uh, uh, no correction it's 12 it it it, it was it, it it was 16 that we, we went about it when we were looking at the arena numbers to try to up it to 20. The community didn't want that. We dropped it from 16 to 12 to the acre, 
and that's that's what's there so uh, my understanding it's around 50 to 60 units is what could go there max okay. max okay any questions for the city manager and the city manager's report seeing none future agenda items we did we have whittled our future agenda item we, list we are dealing am, with it i am proud of that they can list that after fortune telling and dunkin donuts <laughs> um so we and we have a number of these that you can see uh, uh, the whole first section are items that are actually going to be on um, on our next agenda on the 26th and um, and then the items we have left we should be able to schedule in due time any questions regarding the future agenda items okay no I'm looking at one that that was in the agenda uh, Actually, you are looking at a different list. Yours was not updated to this. What, what you? What, what happened? Here. Yeah, hers was. She she did not have the current one. Uh, any questions on the future agenda items list? If not, we'll move to adjournment. We are adjourning tonight uh, in memory of Dale uh, Copey. And um, unless there's any further comments. We Happy Valentine's Day to everybody on Friday. Happy Valentine's Day. And we are adjourned.